and then proceeds to take off a perfectly good pair of black underwear yep. and replace them with this shit-coloured silk monstrosity. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. I am your host Duncan McLeish and this is Baz V Horror, the second year anniversary. Believe it or not, one short year ago we sat in this very place... Um, someone advised me not to build a contraption, uh, which I did, and then I was removed from this place for about a year. I'm back, I'm back, it feels great to be back, and I am joined by my very good friend, and I was going to say horror whipping mule, but um, he did some serious whipping of Halloween this year, so I I can't really slag him, as of course... The man who we are celebrating tonight on the second year anniversary. The man, the myth, the legend, the Baz. Hola, my sexy little happy fucking birthday to me, bitches! That was loud. <laughs> uh, how you doing, sir? I'm cock-a-hoot big man, I've got to say, it's great to have you back in the same dimension, my friend. And it feels weird, um, we can confirm after the previous recording, I have done some series of tests to prove that I am actually here. Um, this is not another <laughs> weird scenario like the previous one where I thought I was in a room that wasn't a room, which was a void, which wasn't a void. I'm here, I'm back, I'm back with a Baz. In the motherfucking kitchen. The sexy kitchen, which is even sexier. I've got to say that the one thing I will say about you being back, Duncan, is the whole pantsless thing's kind of weird. How long is this going to go on for? <laughs> when you're in the void, you know. <laughs> Just let it all hang out. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, believe it or not, this was a year ago that we recorded your anniversary show, your first year anniversary, and... Um, we're going to cover quite a lot in this this second year anniversary. We've got some questions from listeners. We have the <laughs> the entrance into the all uh, sexy please insert your comment here bitches competition, where we'll be giving out a copy of We Are Still Here on Blu-ray to a lucky winner in the UK, and also one to a lucky listener in the USA. And what's going to be uh, coming up for Baz V Horror in year three. Um, This officially marks the end of year two of the podcast Under the Stairs as well. um, Which has had a hugely successful year. And most of that down to the fact that we did step things up for for Baz V Horror. I mean, the first thing I'll say is, I did a quick count. Um, This year, from November last year to up to this point... We have covered a grand total of uh, 32 movies. That quite literally blows my tits off, big man. I, I honestly don't think I've ever watched 32 films in a fucking year. I've never made 32 <laughs> horror films. Yeah, we, 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 we really kind of up things. I don't know if we'll, I don't know if that will be sustainable in year three. Uh, <laughs> because we're both married. Not if my life gets a fucking way, it wouldn't be done, <laughs> I tell you that. So, I mean, um, the, the interesting thing about it is that... I hadn't really, I mean, I had planned to do a bit of franchise stuff. I, I knew we were going to cover the Friday the 13th. Like, I didn't realise, and we're going to talk about it later on when we recap, but I didn't realise how time consuming a large franchise like that is. I mean, that franchise in itself has 11 movies if you count the remake 
Um, and that's not including Freddy vs Jason, but the fact we then thought it was a great idea to do Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. <laughs> Which, at the time, I was like, oh, this could be interesting. And then I realised that you've got another eight movies in that. And that's not including Freddy vs Jason. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of franchise stuff. But I think it's safe to say, and like I say, we're going to touch on it more later on. Those those are the two biggest franchises in horror, and you now have them under your belt. So when people are making references to Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, you are in that enviable position that you've seen them in quite condensed periods. Yeah. That even doing the recordings, you were remembering things that I hadn't remembered or hadn't put together. So I thought it was quite interesting. What did you think? Yeah, the like I said, all the way through them, while it was a bit of an endurance feat, um, the it was kind of the whole fucking premise of me doing Basby Horror right back at the start yeah. because I hadn't seen these films and while don't, don't get me wrong I, I love some of the obscure fucking shit that I've seen over the years it's been absolutely brilliant but um, these were the ones that I wanted to do really you know because everybody talks about Nightmare on Elm Street everybody talks about Friday the 13th and I literally hadn't seen one of them yeah. Um, so yeah it, it was inevitable I'm going to jump in here Duncan because <laughs> um, I need to wet my whistle my big friend and uh, <laughs> that is the sound of Crown Royal Deluxe Canadian Whiskey. I thought it was going to have a cork or something, it's got a little plastic cap, so you can wear that there. That's the crack table. Me and Duncan are going to raise one to our man Dimebag. Oh, yeah, like uh, We're going to have a wee black tooth. I like the Which I'm very excited about, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited about. I, I, My wife's I, I, actually gone out, she can't be fucked with me getting drunk in the kitchen, so... I will be honest, that, uh, oh, there we go. There we go. Um, it is actually only half past four. Um, yeah. Let's do this shit, my friend. There we go. Start as we need to go on, big man. Yeah, this is this is a drunken show, by the way. Yeah. So this is going to get pretty bad, pretty quick. It's probably going to go on for about four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Ooh, I wish, I wish, day, big man. I Here wish we go. Get to year three, bitches. Yeah. And you just necked that in a winner. It's a black tooth. You're supposed to neck it like a... I thought we were then going slower. No? <laughs> you take no, I'm just going to take my time, mate, man. <laughs> <laughs> that actually goes down very smoothly. Oh, that's right. rare, isn't it? Is it nice, sir? Oh, you, you like that? I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, Crown Royal. Um, uh, sponsoring the show unofficially sponsoring the yeah. show yeah if you'd like to sponsor officially Crown Royal please get in touch via the website or the Twitter account or just any fucking way at all um, because uh, if you send us a bottle of this we will literally mention you every show I will anyway I have no problem with that at all it's been a long time waiting to get this in this country and it's now fucking here so please just sponsor the shit out as man we love you yeah I am um I ordered a bottle. This is this is the, the, the see. Some people moan about how how small the world is now, um, and you know how the internet technology and stuff like that. You know, it can sometimes become a bit overbearing. People stuck to their phones all the time or whatever. I ordered a bottle of this <laughs> off Amazon and had it the next morning. Yeah. Um, now six months ago, to get a bottle of this, I would have had to go into a shop order it mm-hmm. they would have had to import it yep. bring it over and then I would, or I would have had to get one of my friends across across the pond um, to send me a bottle which would have cost a lot of money it cost me £26 and it was delivered the following day that's the world we live in and I 100% embrace it yep, it's, I mean you can literally sit drunk off your ass in your house and order <laughs> your drink for the next day 
what a fucking world we live in. It's a fantastic world. Um, so yeah, uh, the first thing I back to the horror. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about horror for a change. <laughs> uh, what, what I'm going to ask you uh, is the same thing I asked you pretty much at the start of every show. Yeah. Um, however, it has been a couple of weeks since we actually properly sat down and chatted, obviously, in the week of um, Bass Halloween and uh, the commentary which went out just two short weeks ago. Uh, it's been fairly well received. Um, I, thinking back on that, actually, I listened back to it when I was editing it and... Um, I actually disliked the movie even more now. Yeah, you, you said that on. after it. That yeah, film the, sucks. But the further time has went on, Baz. Oh, <laughs> but since then. I'm more I'm hating it. Um, and yeah, I, I really... I don't know. There must have been something when I watched it previously that made me think it was better than what it was. I never thought it was a great movie, but it's a shite movie. So, um, yeah, hopefully you've checked that out. The video is, uh, the link, I'll keep posting it on the Facebook page anyway. We have the video with the commentary attached to it, all as one file which you can download directly from my Dropbox. It's going to be there till the end of the year, and then I'm removing it. Uh, I'll probably be replaced by the Christmas one, and we'll do that every couple of months or whatever. Whenever we do more commentaries, we'll basically put a commentary up, remove the other one, you'll have the option for that there. But Baz, um, you finished watching a, a rather intensive period of horror movies. Yep. Um, you then, in classic Baz fashion, I dare say probably watch more after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm taking a break, Duncan! I've had a little bit break, it's too intensive. How you doing, Baz? What have you been watching? Ah, well, I watched this horror movie, that's what binge this box set. Um, what have you been checking out in the world of horror, big man? Um, I have watched a fair bit, I've got to say. Um, I'm actually like, it's far more than a few weeks since we discussed this. It's fucking months since we actually went through what we've been watching ah, in the yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So there is quite a lot. I don't know, I, have, I keep a little, I try and keep a little note on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got some, some, so there's some that I'd seen before. Um, most of these I think I watched with my daughter. Um, so there's Jaws 2. I think oh, I mentioned yeah. previously that me and her watched Jaws and, and she loved it. So we sat down and watched Jaws 2. To be honest, they're the only two Jaws films I would bother whilst watching it. It goes yeah. rapidly downhill after that. But Jaws 2 is fucking magnificent. I love I that think film. Jaws 2 is one of those movies. Um, I mean, it's, it's that scenario. You're never going to better Jaws. Jaws is one of those fluke occurrences where all the things that went wrong on the set actually made the movie better. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's one of these freak occurrences. I've said it before. To me, it's a perfect horror movie. Um, and the fact that it's still scaring audiences. Yeah. You know, like 40, 50 years on or whatever it is, 40 years on, um, from the time it was released, it's fucking incredible. And I think you're never going to top that. So to make a second movie, a sequel, is probably the most daunting task ever given to any filmmaker. And to its credit, the second one doesn't try and be dro- Jaws, you know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't try and top that. Um, and the fact that it managed to bring back a lot of the same cast and stuff as well works in its favour. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I, I know it gets shit on a lot of it by people, but just when you sit down and watch it, just think it's never going to be better than Jaws, mm-hmm. and and you know remo- try and remove it from that, and just judge it on a film. It's a fucking ton of fun. Yeah, well, I love Jaws too. I make no bones about it. Um, and we just talked about Jaws in general. I said the last time when we spoke about it. Um, the biggest compliment I can give it is my daughter was 12 and she watched Jaws and she just said that, that was amazing at yeah. the end of it. Yeah. So it's like we said before. All your effects, all your CGI don't matter shit. Yeah. You need a good story and a good fucking director. Yeah, yeah. And good actors, obviously. 
Yeah. Uh, and Jaws was riddled with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there was that. Um, I rewatched The Conjuring. Oh, how did that uh, go? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a film I thought that was really good. That my wife just about had a fucking aneurysm, <laughs> right enough. Um, she, I think we watched this one for my daughter's birthday. I think we'd said a bigger film. And she had seen um, the Annabelle. Oh, yeah, the, which the, I've not the, seen yet but she had gone and seen that and she was going on about the conjuring and I thought right well we'll let you see it um, and me and her thoroughly enjoyed it my, my wife was flat out fucking terrified <laughs> screaming um, but I like the conjuring like I say see some of these big budget kind of Hollywood horror films that everybody shits on they work with me they, they scare me mm-hmm. um, and the country it did it scared me the second time and not as bad obviously because you know what's coming yeah. but I, I had flashbacks to crapping myself when I watched it the first time uh, my daughter thought it was amazing as well so yeah I love that film there's a follow up coming out now is that right yeah James Wan the director is coming back with obviously uh, Vera what's her chops and uh, Patrick Wilson to do the follow up um, which is going to be another case I don't know if it's going to be based on another case from the Wardens or if this one is directly related to the first film yeah yeah um, I would hope not I would hope it's just another case from there well the, the thing is the the end of the first movie set up the the perfect entry into the Amityville Horror because like at the end of the first movie they say something about a case that happens oh, in yeah. uh-huh. New Jersey which is that is basically Amityville, but they can't do that because obviously Amityville is a, it's a different you know, franchise or whatever and they couldn't do that because they'll get sued. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what, where it's going. I mean, the, the interesting thing for me is that you've got the same director coming back to do it, mm-hmm. which to me bodes well for it. I quite like James Wan. I don't think he's the, the greatest horror director. He has made a couple of movies that have had no impact on me at all. Um, Probably. Uh, Dead Silence, I didn't like. I still, I went back to it a couple of times. Yeah. People have told me to go back to um, Insidious, which we've talked about. Then half of Insidious works really well for me. The other half it, it does not work at all. For yeah, me. we spoke about this when I watched it. And that was my opinion on yeah. it as well. First half's phenomenal horror. Um, second half's fucking weird at best. Yeah. So I don't know if I don't know. Right, to me, The Conjuring was one of his best. I thought. Um, I thought it just managed to do everything right. There's something quite off-kilter about the scares in it, which worked really well. Because at its core, it's a conventional horror movie. It's a conventional haunted house movie. Um, it owes a lot to the movies from the, the kind of 60s and 70s. But obviously puts a modern twist on it. I think where it's interesting is that whenever you expect a jump scare, it comes just after it. Which, to a seasoned horror watcher like myself, sit, sitting watching that in the cinema, I found that... Like certain jump scares were very effective on me, those other ones not so much. So he went off to do Fast and Furious 7, which is one of the highest grossing movies this year. The fact he's now chosen to come back. Fuck it, that makes my soul cry. <laughs> he done, like James Wan is a horror director. If you look at his back catalogue of movies, it's all horror. I mean, his big break was Saw. So yeah. that was his first horror movie. Um, that you know they got picked up and then after that the guy did you know just it was horror movie after horror movie so to me him going away to try something else and being very successful at it is brilliant because it means if he ever does come back to do a horror movie he's the guy that commanded the third largest grossing movie of the year 
the likelihood is if he comes back with a personal project, a studio's going to back him. Yeah, yeah, they'll give so, him the credence kind of thing for exactly. the yeah, fair point. Um, so the fact he's come back to Conjuring 2 feels like a bit of a step back, but then I'm quite interested to see what he's going to come back with because he's not done a horror movie in a couple of years now. He's coming back to do the movie you know, a sequel to the last movie he did. Mm-hmm. So, although I think he did Insidious 2 as well. I think he had two movies that came back to back. But yeah, I think The Conjuring 2 has the... Where it, where it worked for me is, we're talking about great actors. Yeah. The Vera Ferminga, I think is her name, and... That's Mrs Bates from Bates Motel. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, Patrick Wilson are two phenomenal actors. Yes. So, you put them in any scenario, the two of them can act really well, I'm there, you know what I mean? Um, hopefully they'll not just try and remake The Conjuring. Hopefully they go for, if it is a, a, a Warren's case, they'll go for something which is not similar to the case I've just done, because what's the point? Yeah, I really hope it's just not the third film with that fucking doll in it. That would break my heart, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I think, the thing is as well, I saw Annabelle, and Annabelle... And, Annabelle didn't do much for me and the reason it didn't is because I, I thought Annabelle suffered from an identity crisis or wanted to be about seven or eight different movies yeah. um, it was nodding to everything from you know like Rosemary's Baby to Chucky mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I just couldn't get behind it because I was like I kind of see this as an right? why have you done that with it so I don't know I don't know where they go with it uh, I'm interested I'll be one that I'll check I'll definitely check that one out that's one of those ones that I won't see at the cinema because it's guaranteed to come to the cinema over here and yeah. check it out. Yeah. That last one was hugely successful and grossed a lot of fucking money. Yeah. And it wasn't expected. I don't think they ever... That was the one that changed the format. The Conjuring was the one that came out in August and did what no movie in the horror genre does in August, which was top both the UK and the USA top tens in movies. No horror movie had ever done that before. And then subsequently the following year... We got a horror, a big horror release in August, and it couldn't capitalise on it. Didn't help that the movie was shit. Uh, Deliver us from evil. Oh, right, right, okay. It's a fucking awful movie. <clears throat> Not oh, seen that one. Not so so bad. But yeah, um, so it'll be interesting. What else is on there? What else is on the list? Uh, Rewatch Grave Encounters. This is prior to the Grave Encounters 2. That's great. Movie. To let my daughter see it. Brilliant film. Yeah. Scared the pants <laughs> off her. She was genuinely freaked the fuck out. It was hilarious, man. I broke up. Like now you know up. what I'm like. Now you know what me and the podcast under the stairs audience are like. <laughs> if, 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 if it makes you happy to see someone broken by a horror movie, imagine what it's like when we hear you broken by a horror movie. True. It's yeah, glee. It's, yeah, it's, it's glee in knowing that you're getting the reaction that you want from a horror movie from someone else. Yeah. And it, it, but she thoroughly enjoyed it. I, as did I. That was my second watching of it, and I loved it. It's, it's a brilliant film. Definitely a lot of rewatch value. Um, I finally went back. I watched Silence of the Lambs. Um, I think I had certainly seen parts of Silence of the Lambs over the years. I, I'm pretty sure I had sat down and watched the whole thing at one point, but I, I couldn't really remember it. And having uh, one of the other things I watched was Hannibal season three, and I thought, you know, I'd like to go back and revisit the films again because obviously Hannibal season three touches on some of the other. Doesn't touch on Silence of the Lambs. But it touches on some of the other. It touches on the one side, side. Yeah. It touches on the red, red dragon. It touches on um, Hannibal. Actually, uh-huh. yeah. So um, I went back and watched that. Uh, fucking great film, man. There's a reason Silence of the Lambs cleared up at the Oscars. Yeah, there's a there's a nice little Blu-ray box set of the three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you don't like Hannibal Rising. I watched Hannibal Rising, but prior to my involvement yeah. with you. 
I quite enjoyed it, I've got to say at the time, I don't know if I would now. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think the thing is, there's, see, that animal box set is always taunting me on Amazon, it's always like, look, I'm on sale, buy me. I, I had it in my hands in HMV a few weeks ago. <laughs> and you're like, uh, the, the issue I have with that is there's two movies in that box set that I don't really like. I don't really like the, and we've spoke about this before actually, funnily enough, we fixed the podcast under the stairs feed, there was an issue with it um, just over a week ago where nothing was shown up on iTunes and it was because SoundCloud, who hosts the audio yeah. files, had tightened their security, which basically meant you're fucked, you know yeah. what I mean? You can't use the links that we did before, which meant the RSS feed didn't work, etc, etc. So I fixed all that um, and as a result, the entire back catalogue of the podcast and the stairs appeared on iTunes, yeah. which has never done it, it's been limited. It is the law! <laughs> you could go right back to the... I went back actually as a novelty and listen to the very first episode and it's shite. <laughs> so That's because Graham Humphrey was on it. <laughs> he doesn't listen, but uh, yeah, it, like, it just, it's, it's, uh, you can hear the two of us trying to sound like every other horror podcast out there. And I don't, I, I, I know that people will be like, you still sound like horror podcast. I understand that. I think over time we found our own niche and we just stick to it. Um, but back then we had an identity crisis. But one of the shows. <laughs> That was actually recorded in here um, with me, you, and Graham. Oh yeah, um, live uh, from the sexy kitchen. What film was that? Uh, we discussed Joan the Grudge. That's right. Yes, which we didn't like. No, yeah, we, uh, we all wish we'd done the American one instead. We should have done the American one. Um, Damn you, listeners! <laughs> I think the thing is as well, though, we said we weren't sure if the listeners had met the American one or not, so we opted yeah, we to be purists. Japanese, we, yeah. well, we will be purists. Yes. The Japanese one and it backfired horribly. Um, but yeah, on that show we actually discussed the Hannibal stuff, and we actually had a discussion about this, believe it or not. And no reason I was because I listened to it recently. Oh, that's creep me out now. Yeah, just in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> basically, I don't like Red Dragon, and I don't like Hannibal Rising. Um, I like the original version of Red Dragon, which is Manhunter, which is a Michael uh, Mann movie. I've never seen that one. I, I've yeah. seen. What's the one with Norton in it? You've seen Red Dragon. Right, I've seen Red that, Dragon's yes. a book. So Red Dragon's the name of the book. Manhunter was Michael Mann's version of Red Dragon from 87, I think, 86, 87. Who um, played Lecter in it? Uh, Brian Cox. Yeah, that's the, 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 yes. the Scottish actor. Famous Dundonian. Yeah, and he's fucking brilliant in it. He's a, he's a phenomenal actor. He's, a, he's a, a, a terrifyingly cold Hannibal Lecter. Alright. Really, really quite sinister. Um, which is my issue with the Red Dragon remake is the longer that series went on the more pantomime Hopkins yeah, becomes a camp. and he was always I mean from the first moment you see Hannibal Lecter as you know in Silence of the Lambs mm-hmm. um, he is a bit camp yeah, a bit he, is, he is a bit over the top when it gets to Hannibal he's a bit more over the top that's because he's no longer you know confined to the, the, the room he's out and about in yeah. Hannibal but then you get to the like lines like I have oodles of time I'm just like Hannibal Lecter would not fucking say the word oodles, and I know, I know the books. Like I'm a big fan of the books. I, 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 well, I don't like, I don't like Hannibal, but I like Red Dragon. I like Silence of the Lambs. I like Hannibal um, as novels as well as movies, and I have I have issues with that performance. Hannibal Lecter in Red Dragon is so unbelievably creepy. And I mean, the, the, the ending to 
where the end of the TV show took a, a wicked twist from what happens in the book. Yeah. But in the movies, the endings have never been truly mm-hmm. the way the book has. At the end, Hannibal sends it to Theory 2, Seawall Graham, like you see like, yeah. in the movies. And Will Graham's family's fucked off, you know, they don't want anything to do with him. Um, and he does a number, slashes his face, guts him all the rest and Graham survives and Graham is then used as a horror story in the rest of the the novels like Clarice for example of why you don't get too involved with people like Hannibal yeah, Lecter and all the rest that's touched on in the films is it not? but not as much it doesn't, uh-huh. it doesn't make sense either in the context of the greater right. Hannibal so at the end uh-huh. of the Red Dragon remake Will Graham sails off in a ship with his family very much, you know, mentally scarred, but physically, yeah, physically yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've got issues with that. And but, ha- but like, see to me, Science of the Lambs, an incredible fucking movie. It's, it has everything that even from like people like uh, Ted Levine playing Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill is creepy as fuck. He's a, a, a incredibly sinister character that's based on real life serial killers. The the cast on his arm with the couch. That's Ted Bundy. The the, the wearing of the the skin. That's Ed Gein. It's you know it's like it's like uh, um, Harris sits there and picks elements from the real serial killers and creates the ultimate fucking monster. And the fact almost like he's piecing together a suit, don't you? (laughs) Suit made of different (laughs) skin. It's it's, it's fucking brilliant. And to me, there's like. And I like Hannibal. Hannibal's Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott directs that one. It's got fucking beautiful settings. It's over the top and the ending's not as good as the book ending, but like you sit down and you watch it. We were talking about movies that just, regardless of time, just feel good, like Jaws is one. Sans of the to me is one. Absolutely. Uh, Couldn't you know, agree more. Jodie Foster, immaculate performance in it. Um, it's funny, actually, when I, when I was re-watching it, it's visually it's quite kind of dated looking but it's a lovely grainy kind of dated looking that it's like you're watching an old fucking tape or something yeah. normally when films are dated look like I'm going back through but not going back through I'm watching it for the very first time Twin Peaks my daughter bought me the box yeah, yeah. and you're watching it and, and there's a there's a level of ludicrousness about that show anyway yeah but it's it's really quite dated to watch yeah. um, and, and you almost have to kind of end on a mind I, I didn't get that with Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it's dated looking, but in a kind of fucking cool, kind of grainy VHSy yeah. type way. Yeah. Fucking great film. Man. Is, I, like, there's there's so many things that that in that movie just make it stand above the rest. And that once again coming back to the point that we've already covered: great story, great script, great acting. That's all you need. Well, that's all you need. That's all you need. As if that's fuck all. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, you just need a great director, brilliant actors, and a fucking amazing story, and it's a piece of piss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else is on the list, Baz? What else have you got? Well, I've just finished my second crowd. Well, we're in trouble here, big man. I'm going to fucking intro, but my God, that's a fine fucking bottle of booze. Crowd Royal Whiskey. <laughs> um, the, the final one that I was re-watching was Dead Snow. Oh, fuck yeah. Now, the funny thing about that, that was before we had Netflix and Amazon Prime and all the streaming services in this country, we had Love Film, which yeah, yeah. you know, sending out the DVDs through the post, which I've just been told recently it's still on the go. It's been bought by Amazon, but it still yeah. does it. Um, yeah. I took the three months trial for that a number of years ago mm. just to. Basically, because it was free, and I never ever took it on. But but of the three films, I remember my wife and I were going out at the time, and I got her that Black Swan. 
Yeah, quite yeah. fancied the seeing Ashworth's dad. Yeah. I know, a great film, but Dead Snow was the first one that I ordered off of that just because I love my Nazis, man. I thought this is not where the conversation was going. I thought you were going to say to me that you got a trial of it and you just kept it. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this one was the only movie I got and I never said it fucking back. Just stole it. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But no, I love it with Nazis in it, man. This goes back to my childhood and my obsession with like, soldiers in the war now when I was young. <laughs> um, Once again, not where I thought this conversation was going. And, uh, it, it, come on, I think it was the fucking Horror Channel or something like that fairly recently and I taped. I thought my daughter would get a kick out of it so the two of us sat and watched that. And, yeah, it's fucking bad shit crazy. I'd actually forgotten it was subtitled though. Yeah, it's not when I mean, it came up at the start and I could see her fucking head going to look at me like, oh uh, yeah, this is um, she wasn't very impressed with that but she watched it with me it, it's crazy but it's hilarious I'd like to see some of the follow ups actually there's the second one came out last year the second one's fucking amazing yeah. I, I prefer the first one I'm a, I'm a big fan of that first one the second one is like right here's here's my analogy to it right? and um, I just want to see first off it surprises me that you like Dead Snow because Dead Snow is basically an updated version of the Evil Dead so Oh yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. so, so it'll be interesting when you go back to the Evil Dead if that has any sway in you because the story is basically the same. People at a cabin in the woods come across something they're not supposed to. They do it, which brings back uh, the undead. Or the dead. No, they don't do anything to bring them back. They steal the gold. They find the gold. What? They find the gold. The Nazis are after the gold. This has gone by me completely. No, I watched this film fucking twice. What gold? The, the gold, buried gold. What buried fucking gold are you talking about? There's, there's, there's buried gold. Dead snow, there's buried gold. They Aye, do they not come across that after the zombies have attacked them though? Aye, but that's what the zombies are coming for. The zombies are coming for the gold which they have and in the second movie, the second movie carries on from the end of the first oh, movie right, with see. the zombie trying to get the gold. Right, trying okay. to get so nasty gold. Right, right, it okay, makes yeah. more sense when you watch the second one. Yeah. The second one to me is Evil Dead 2. Right, okay. It's like a, a similar sort of idea but expanded out and made far more comedic. Like, and that's where you go with that, that franchise and we'll touch on that later on. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting it's, that you mentioned that. I mean, I think the, the obvious glaring difference is, you know, that the Evil Dead's gash and uh, the Dead Snow's alright. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's, that's a conversation for another day, don't That's a right. conversation for next month, man. Yeah. What are you doing over here? Um, I love that movie, though. Like, Dead Snow to me is one of those. As, in fact, I did for Midnight Horror Show, we did a top 20 zombies, zombie movies, and I think Dead Snow. Was high up in my like, well, it was like in the teens or something like that. Interestingly, off the back of it, of watching it again, oh. um, my my wife obviously I have a rather eclectic taste in music and films and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that that's the kind of thing I like to get for my Christmas and my birthdays and stuff like that. So the easy way around that is I have an Amazon, a huge Amazon wish list, and my <laughs> wife has a link to it. She goes in and she can pick stuff that yeah. I want. Because she would have no idea what kind of CD to buy me or what kind of film. Um, and off the back of Dead Snow, I went and added all these fucking crazy ass, anything with a fucking dead Nazi in it. I was just adding like a motherfucker like Frankenstein's Army. And Frankenstein's Army is such a shit movie! I know, but I, I really, I like them. I, I love the Iron Sky and things like I that. I love Iron Sky, but Frankenstein's Army shit. You should check out a Scottish movie. Alright. Um, made by a Scottish couple yep. from Glasgow yep. who remortgaged their house to make the movie and it was picked up by Sony called Outpost 
I've I've seen Outpost. Right, was that old Outpost? Well, Outpost's a fucking amazing movie. But recently there, I tweeted a picture of the horror films that I owned prior to fucking joining this fucking show. (laughs) And then a second (laughs) film showing my current collection. Two. Outpost was one of them. Outpost was the single one of the Hellraiser box set. I actually have Outpost 2 in there. My wife bought me that for Christmas and I've not watched it. It's It's still unwatched. I think they're up to four now. There's certainly a third one because it's on my wish list. But yeah, yeah, I liked Outpost. That was cool. Yeah, Scottish made, Scottish made shot. I, I didn't know it was Scottish. Shot just outside Glasgow. I thought it was shot in fucking Eastern Europe no, somewhere. No, shot just outside Glasgow. That's yeah, that's getting rewatched. I want to rewatch it before I watch the second one anyway. So yeah, that might actually happen tonight. <laughs> um, right, so films I've not seen. Oh, this is Lennon Round So I checked out Horns. We Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good, didn't it? It didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, but it was fucking great, man. Oh, He's a fucking... I know he was Harry Potter. I quite like Harry Potter anyway. Um, but no, Radcliffe and it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> they're all very good in it, actually. Um, the girl that plays is slutty threat. You know the, the one that just shags everybody? That's her. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was in a, a show that me and my wife loved. I don't know if you watched Pan Am. No. It was a, 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 they only made one season of it. It was set in the kind of 50s at the height of air travel. Alright. And um, about the women that worked in Pan Am Air mm-hmm. and they were like, it was a fucking amazing job to have at the time to be an air stewardess for Pan Am. Like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but she is recruited by the CIA. <laughs> She's flying into Cuba and all these kind of fucking places. And that. It's a great fucking <laughs> show. I went to watch with the wife, maybe, but she was in it. Um, so yeah, Horns was brilliant. I didn't actually see it going the demonic. I thought there'd be some quirky twist at the end of this, and I didn't see the whole angelic demonic yeah, thing not, coming. I've not actually read the book. The book's written by Joe Hill, that Stephen King son. Right. So um, and I, I know people that raved about the about book. the book. Yeah, um, but I thought the movie was. I thought there was a, a particular sense of humour in that where. See, it was the humour that I loved in it. It was ah, really fucking dark. Yeah. Quite a British fucking sense of humour, I yeah, thought, in yeah, that yeah. film. It was very, very witty. And then, not that I'm saying that American comedy is not witty, that's not <laughs> what I mean. Some of my favourite comedians of all time are uh, are American. In fact, this next shot is dedicated to Bill Hicks. Um, that we're doing. And, and mine's going to be Benny Hill, <laughs> that famous American comedian. So, um, the, the thing about it is, I thought like, there were certain things, like when they made the, the cops... Like start talking. Oh, that's fucking, fucking <laughs> hilarious! And if you're getting on in the cop cabin, yeah. God, it's fucking brilliant. So yeah, I thought that was. And you're right, Radcliffe. To me, if you watch something like The Woman in Black, which I think is a great, still never watched it. I think you did. Want to watch with Tess actually? I think Man, she's seen it a hundred times. She loves it. Ah, oh, it's a great fucking. She movie. keeps going on that. Yeah, yeah. Actually. yeah, I think it's a great movie. And once again, testament to him as an actor coming from Harry Potter. And yes, he still does. It's an interesting actor. He still does your kind of rom coms and your 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 kind of the movies that are aimed at that. And then he did that fucking play of a horse wanking. That doesn't Equus doesn't bother <laughs> me. You know, so he, he does it. At least he's I just want to see horse wanking. <laughs> that's, that's the whiskey kicking in there. The thing about him is he'll still go and do. Women in Black was uh, wasn't a big movie, but he did that. Horns. It's a fairly obscure movie, directed by Azure, the guy that did High Tension as well. Oh, right, I did not know that. Uh, I've got to say, it could be considered a risky move mm-hmm. because you have to have a kind of mindset to watch that film. It's basically a guy that grows fucking horns, it's yeah. not an allegory or anything you fucking grow. 
you know, and, and there's a lot of people you can see going, oh, this is just fucking stupid, do you yep. know what I mean? Yep. Morons! <laughs> but, you know, there are a lot of fucking people that are like that. Um, yeah, he's quite a brave wee actor, in fairness, when you've made enough money for the rest of your fucking life out your first six or seven films, and still making it, yeah. then you can probably yeah. take risks like that. Yeah. But hats off to him that he does. Yeah. Um, he's clearly very committed to his craft well, and, and is willing to take risks on yeah. films like it says, that. It says a lot that it was an announcement today, actually, or it was yesterday, potentially, but um, the new book that's been written in the series of High Potter, the, the eighth book now, right. um, which J.K. Rowling said, um, which will be getting adapted into a movie, and Radcliffe has said he's not doing it. He's not doing it as a movie, um, and I, I would like to say that when you know when someone comes down with a large brown envelope filled with money and slides it across the table and says, "Come on," you know, I, but I genuinely think he's that sort of he's that sort of actor that uh-huh. if he says he doesn't want to do, he doesn't want to do it, and he's moved on, and I think that's great. And yeah, I, I think Holmes is a that was one of those ones that came out had a full cinema run over here and just didn't fizzled. It just yeah, didn't hit, yeah, didn't hit at all. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Not so much the next one that I watched. Oh, uh, oh. My, my wife bought me this. I, because my birthday. Readers, if, if you're into it. Readers? Readers. <laughs> Listeners, if you're. I don't know where the fuck that came from. Damn Twitter. you, Crown Royal. <laughs> Twitter readers. Damn you, Crown Royal Whiskey. <laughs> um, yeah, my birthday's on the 7th of January. He's shoving that out there. Buy me something. Yeah, oh. Well, that was on wish list. <laughs> come on the 7th of January if you need to buy me a present. Crown Royal Whiskey. Um. <laughs> So my, my birthday historically has been shite oh, because you have Christmas right and then a week later you have New Year and, then you and in the this country after, yeah. New Year's fucking mental it's, yeah, it's so and then the following week is my birthday and by that point everybody's partied out and nobody's got any fucking money and nobody's very fucking interested in anything <laughs> including my parents so even when I was a child no, that's not true but my parents weren't rich people you know so when I was young it was a hard time of the fucking year for them and my birthday yeah. coming round you know so my wife, God love her, because her father's birthday falls round about mine as well. Yeah, so yeah. January's a fucking terrible month for her, you know, money wise. But a few years back in the middle, before we were married and stuff, she out the blue in the middle of July gave me presents for my fake half birthday. Aww. So that I would get something gonna kill you in the year and change. Because after we get married, she invented this thing herself called Buy Collect a Present Day. It seems fair. Which is in my calendar. But the second year it rolled round, I had remembered it and bought her a present and she'd forgotten all about it and she was blown away by this. So my half birthday reared its head again this year. <laughs> and she'd gone on to my wish list that I mentioned earlier and she bought me a film called Tortured. Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, you're not right. <laughs> um, it's, it's not fucking great. I actually bought it because I thought the cover looked fucking amazing. It's a head hanging upside down with a gas mask on it. I've seen that, Kate. I've seen that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jesse Metcalf's in it, best known as being the kind of tween fucking heartthrob in Desperate Housewives and then riding one of fucking Girls Allowed of one of these girl bands. He's the male lead. Uh oh. That's about the best thing in this film. <laughs> it, it's a really lame attempt at torture porn. It's very bad. The the plot is. I think I, I, I remember the cover now. Now that yeah. you've said that, I remember that. I don't like you. Know what I like with torture porn anyway. So, so what happened? See, I don't actually. Basically, not a fucking great deal. Their child is abducted and, and tortured and killed mm-hmm. by a, a you know a child predator kind of thing. 
Oh, like and the, the the then go after him. Yeah. Um, that's that's a bit fucking. There's the big twist, which for anybody that wants to see, I'm not going to reveal. It's shite. So, but <laughs> there is a twist bit at the end. But the the only thing I think I took from this film was I started to worry slightly that I have become a bit desensitised because there are some. There's quite a few torture scenes in this. Yeah, the whole premise yeah. they basically got the guy chained up in a fucking basement yeah, and, yeah. and they, they wanted him to admit to what he has done and, yeah. you know, and, and apologise or whatever. You know? Yeah. And none of it even phased me. Uh, I, I, but we've spoken about this before. I think it's all about context for you. I think we've found before that you are on some level, it's pretty funny that there's a term gorehound, and I think on some level, you are like gorehound is like someone that craves gore in their movies ah. and wants it because they, they they revel in that sort of thing. Gore has very little impact on you. And we've seen that with previous suggestions. Like gore but, happens and you're But not, I do quite enjoy it. You do quite enjoy it. Ah. What I was gonna say is the the plot that you've just mentioned to me there sounds very similar to Big Bad Wolves, which is a movie we fucking loved. Well that was brilliant. That was an amazing film. And the reason to me that we loved that movie was the the fact that once again great characters great writing and a twist which we won't mention on here because it's a fairly new film so but the twist worked really well and we really liked that movie is this because it's just a dumbed down version that it didn't work for you? Yeah I I think so It, it just basically relied on the premise that we'll just we'll torture the guy and folk will fucking freak out no I'm sorry mate that's been done about a billion times <laughs> and a few of them were pretty fucking good yeah, yeah. and you know a few hundred thousand of them were fucking shite yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's almost that lazy reliance on its genre yeah um, and that bumped the fucking crap out me yeah um, it, it's not a good film um I would say that I'm glad I watched it because yeah. I know it's shite now do you know what I mean and I won't yeah, watch yeah, it well, it's, it's and I can lend it to you and it saves you having to buy the fucking thing <laughs> it's that risk that we all like all horror fans have that is you, like and it was even like you would you lived through the VHS era yeah but you didn't live through the horror VHS era going into the well I did I just didn't yeah, see any of it I remember going to the it wasn't Blockbuster but the local whatever it was the shop that had videos and going probably and, independently owned independently they went the way of the fucking dodo exactly <laughs> and then you go like, I, I went to work like, one of my first full time jobs was with one of the large conglomerates <laughs> um, you know what I mean so basically shat on like, <laughs> I played my part in destroying that culture <laughs> um, paid by the man <laughs> uh, but I used to walk in there and like late 80s early 90s just a wall of horror VHS covers and slashes all looked fucking so inviting and crazy and over the top and colourful and gory and vibrant and you would get them on on the the strength of the name and the cover alone and you were basically you would have been you would have had more luck at picking a good film that you know playing the lottery and winning a million honestly a lot of these movies relied on that snappy cover you got home you watched it Shit! Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible for that as well. See the amount of albums I have bought off a good fucking cover? I've done the same. I've yes. done the same. I, I, bought, I bought that disturbed 10,000 Fists or whatever. Oh, it's terrible. It's, but Todd McFarlane. Todd McFarlane yeah. drew the cover. I thought the cover yeah. looked fucking amazing. Uh, I bought it. Terrible what album. What a dick. Terrible album. 
you made them that fucking yeah. band. And I, I know. I'm to blame. Yeah, he's, yeah, up, he's up there going, and all these fucking, my brothers, my sisters, Stop my yarling, you prick. You're not Eddie Vedder and you never will be. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that doesn't, I still do it. I still, so like, there are posters. There's more posters nowadays. A poster for, we are still here, which will be going out as competition prizes uh, later on in the show. That, the poster that came out to that originally, when I saw that, I was like, oh my fucking God, it's 70s looking, it's got that haunted house feel, it looks like something from an Italian horror film that maybe Filchi directed, I need to see this movie. I watched it, I fucking enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But there have been plenty <laughs> that cover that, you know, or, or poster or whatever, well in advance, I'm like, that is the movie I need to see this year. And I sat down and watched it, got to the end, they went... That was fucking shit. Just give me the poster. Just do the poster. Just film the poster for an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. I would have been happier. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So that me. was the tortured. Uh uh-uh. uh. Next one was a different matter. Next one I watched was Chained. I've not seen that one either. That's a, a fucking great film. Alright. Um, basically about a young boy who's abducted mm-hmm. uh, as a child with his mum, and his mum's butchered, and the guy that took him keeps him and keeps him alive and basically keeps him chained in his house um, while he continues the guy's a serial killer so he continues with his it's on Netflix I'm sure don't, or, or Sky or something. I, I saw it at home on TV oh, right, one of my fucking things but uh, it, the guy that's in it is Vincent D'Onofrio he plays the serial oh, yeah, killer yeah. who's the kingpin and the dear He's fucking amazing. He's a great actor. The, yeah. the young boy who plays him in the film, I really don't want to say too much because you can give quite a lot of this film away. It's a fucking great film. It's uncomfortable and dark and really, it's not a nice watch, mm-hmm. but it's a fucking great film. There's bits of it, they border on the boring, but then that's what kind of has the effect because there's this one mundane lifestyle that they're living yeah, yeah. and then he comes through the door dragging a girl by her hair she's screaming and he's yeah. sitting cowering on this oh, couch course, chained yeah. up watching mm-hmm. and you know and he, he won't do anything to stop it and that it's a I loved it you need to check that one I out I love to hear what you see on it um, yeah. sounds like the sort of thing I would love so. yeah it's better and, and D'Onofrio is fucking brilliant and oh. I thought he was phenomenal in Daredevil I'm a huge fan of the comic books I was concerned about whether we were going to go with the character of it because they had um, in the film that he was played with the fellow at the Green Mile. Oh, yeah. You know, and I can see why. It was almost a brave thing to make the Kingpin black yeah, yeah. in the film. But it was, you're not really, he's really the only actor you can come up with that has the size and the bulk to play the, the, the Kingpin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went with Donofrio, he's, he, he's just a big guy, he's yeah. not a fucking giant. Yeah. Um, but he just portrayed that malevolent coldness, you know, but he had the, 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 the warrant towards us, but the woman that he fell in love with that phenomenal actor. I would love to oh, see more of stuff, but yeah. check out Chained. I will do, that's will a do so. fucking great movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. You don't feel good about it. Yeah, but I, I like movies yeah, like that though. Because it's a fucking art to make people feel like that and still want to go back and watch that film again. I am now insanely confident that when we talk about the woman 
Which will probably be either later on this year. Yeah, sitting through year. there, and we need to do it soon because I'm desperately fucking watching. I am insanely confident that that movie is going to fucking rock your world. Although I'm slightly annoyed because a splash dude on the Zavi fucking <laughs> steelbook thing appeared on Netflix. That was the same. Pricks. I was like, yeah. I was like, I finally own it. It was on sale. Yes, it's a limited edition steelbook. Look how sexy it is. I logged into Netflix the next day. I was like, oh. Because <laughs> yeah. it's up there. It's the same. It's, the thing is, the thing that annoys me is that it's the same. And what I wonder if Zavi dropped price because this was happening. Fucking probably. Fuck you, Zavi. You're no crown royal. Tell you that. Unless you want to send us free steelbook Blu-rays. I'm gonna retract that last statement. <laughs> If you, I don't even want the steelbook man. Just send me the shit in the plastic. It's the whole thing. Yeah. Like you sign up to their, you sign up to their mailing list. I get emails like every day. Like, yeah. This is steelbook, and then I buy it. And I'm, I'm oh, see, so. no, I, I ignore them just because I'm sure it's oh, going to come out on Netflix yeah, now. <laughs> so that that was changed. Um, another one I've checked out was Afflicted. Oh, I've Afflicted. Uh, yeah, it was pretty decent. I've got to say, we found footage kind of nice, nice wee take on the vampire thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and on the better end of the found footage scale, I've got to say. Yeah, I had a, uh, I had a really good story. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. have, I didn't have we, we've said this before, um, to me, the, re- the reason why they... The reason why the camera keeps rolling is there because it's strapped to his chest yeah. and he's documenting it, which is a flimsy reason. But I love the, the nods to the vampire mythology that if you don't eat within a certain time period you go feral which makes yeah. you look like Nosferatu it's nods to the vampire culture um, the reason it shot so well is because the guy has a ridiculous amount of HD cameras which is explained at the beginning They're going to, so I mean a lot of the things that generally niggle me and get me going oh fuck really were kind of solved in that some of that I agree with that 100% yeah. actually because yeah. that was the shit that was going through my head when I was watching maybe not so much the vampire mythos stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't really pick up on that but the uh, give us a half decent premise for why you're filming this and I'll I'll let yeah. my imagination take the rest yes that's all you need you know what I mean that, you just need uh, this is why I'm going to be filming it all the time yeah. right okay I can get on board but you're in the woods being chased by someone and you're holding a camera yeah, and running fuck yourself man. Like that, no human being would ever do that the camera would have been launched at the person are you going to use that as a fucking weapon uh, I you you're still to death because you're yeah. fucking terrifying <laughs> that, that's my possum fucking method of, of fighting off evil creatures if there has not been and I don't think there's ever been and I would love to see it now a found footage movie where someone beats themselves to death with their own because they're so scared because they're so scared during their confession speech that they have I'm so scared right now. I don't know why I did this project if they were beating themselves to death with a camera I want to see that happen now Hollywood is missing a trick and if they do use it it was mentioned here first yeah yeah so you're calling it the fucking Found footage film under the stairs. Fourth <laughs> of November 2015. Copyright. Copyright. Mofo. <laughs> so that was afflicted. Quite enjoyed afflicted. And then the last one I've got in my wee list, which I just only remembered about ten minutes ago. There, uh, my daughter and I watched the pyramid. Right, this is another. This this one's an interesting one. I have not seen it yet. Have you know, I didn't get favourable reviews. You know. um, it is. Azure that we're talking about before signed a, a deal with I want to say Universal but I don't know if it is Universal to basically over the next three years either direct or produce four horror movies or three horror movies I can't remember what it was so he put his long time 
fucking director of uh, photography, a guy called Frank Calhoun, who was involved, he's the guy that directed Maniac, the remake, uh-huh. which I fucking loved. He, which I have seen. You have seen the Maniac yeah. remake, and um, he's the guy that did this movie. Yeah. And uh, the reviews were less than favourable. I saw the trailer and I didn't like the look did of the Did you not see the trailer when we went to see As Above So Below? And then they were saying to you, that doesn't look very good. But, um, yeah, no, I watched this with my daughter. Uh, my daughter studied Egyptology. Studied, right? She's like 13, right? So she's still studying. You know, yeah. when, when she was in primary school, they, they did a, yeah, sort of a year long project on Egypt and yeah. Egyptology and that. And she, she's always had this fascination with it. That's me, you know. Well, I did the same um, oh. And it, it totally lends itself to that, and she loved it. But I, I kind of think you have to be about 13 to get. So much out of that that you just love the film. I, yeah. I, I suspect you're not going to enjoy it. Like, yeah. The thing, and this is maybe a fucking failing on my part, but it's maybe a, a failing on the part of the fucking actor. The real lad you at the end between us is in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I take him seriously. Yeah, because yeah, basically the reason they've got a camera with them is because the real lad you at the end between us is filming it now, and I'm just like, you would just be filming her tits. Yeah, I, I, I struggle. I struggle sometimes. We're just talking about fucking Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. No offence to the wee guy there in between us, right? He's the polar fucking opposite. He's basically just the wee guy there in between us, but he's got a fucking camera with him. It didn't. It's it Jim didn't Carrey syndrome. I've, I've had this. Like, I love Jim Carrey, right? I'm a huge. I grew up with Ace Ventura and The Mask and Liar Liar and these are movies I love and Jim Carrey, God bless his heart, has tried several times to make that jump Yeah. and a serious actor in Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless yeah. Minds um, The Truman Show, which yeah. is still technically a kind of comedy um, and The Number 23 and I remember going to see The Number 23 in the oh, cinema I've never that. seen that It's a great fucking movie yeah, I, I, really I remember it coming out there are certain, the problem is that Jim Carrey will pull a certain facial expression of the eyebrow raise and I'll laugh. Yeah. Guaranteed I'll laugh. And as a result of that, the the impact, the drama, the seriousness of a scene is instantly diluted straight away when Jim Carrey raises an eyebrow because to me, I'm watching Ace Ventura play yeah. a serious role. Yeah. And there are certain actors that can't do that. To me, Daniel Radcliffe works in horns because I've seen him do The Woman in Black, which was a period piece which suits his style like you know, very yeah. suits his and style and completely like. detaches him from his previous work exactly completely completely works and then gives you a new footing of right da- I've seen Daniel Radcliffe play a serious dark role so when he goes to do horns which is playful it's working on that ground yeah. it's not I'm not looking at him and seeing Expelliarmus or fucking you know any other Harry Potter fucking wizardry I'm looking that's at that's the only one that I know that's the only one I know um, <laughs> people fucking shouting at their MP3 devices right now going I know another one it's this one get a grip <laughs> but that's I, I know where you're coming from and I did not know he was in that movie and I'm sure I must have known because I'm sure he was in the trailer yeah you that would put me off uh, I, that would put yeah. me off I, I, I'm not a huge like, I liked In Between Us as a TV show, I hated In Between Us as a movie, and I've never seen the sequel. Yeah, I didn't mind the movies either. Um, it's, it's found footage in a fairly loose sense. Is it switched between the two? Yeah. Is it like found footage yeah. and then also... Like, um, it, it tries to play on the claustrophobic descent type thing, yeah. and pales in, in comparison, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, 
It's not the worst film I've ever seen, but I, I, I well. Would you recommend it? No, yes, certainly not right. to you. Um, it's not a bad one. When your daughter's a bit older, yeah. it's maybe not a bad one for her to sit People down. People to get into You know it. what I mean? They kind of, not the, the twist, but the kind of reveal in the later part of the film. My, blew my daughter's mind. Yeah. I was very so, nonplussed, bitch. Well, well I mean? there, there we go. I don't know if he will be listening to this show, but um, a colleague of ours, a friend of yours, and a friend of mine, um, over at Rock and Reel Reviews. Big Davy Buchanan. Uh, no, uh, no. Kearney. Oh, Kearney, that wee dick. Yeah, he, I'm only kidding, Paul. Uh, love you. <laughs> my punk um, Thursday apprentice, something to be with you. He sent me a, a, a message, actually. Um, his uh, stepson. Uh-huh. Was starting to get, in, starting to get into horror, and he was. Oh, Kearney's worse with horror films than I am. See, at first when I read his message, I thought, you know that way where like someone shows up at like an STD clinic and goes, eh, my friend has got, a- <laughs> <laughs> he's got a burning <laughs> sensation in his penis. What should he do? And it's him that he's there for. So when he said that, you know what? Like, <laughs> My stepson's trying to get the horror movies, so I was like, Paul, are you trying to get the horror movies? Because I know he listens to the occasional show. He does listen occasionally. Uh, yeah, so I was wondering if maybe he was looking for me to give him suggestions, but he has, like, the movies, I went back to him and said, what, what's your stepson watch? So it gives him a better idea of what to suggest. Yeah. And it was things like The Conjure, and it was things like uh, Oculus and things like that, which are modern horror movies. Yeah. To go back with, with The Pyramid, I think he's about 14, 13, 14. Would you say he, that? He has, he's Paul's got two stepsons. Um, I would imagine it's probably the older, the older one. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's not a bad. It's, things like The Conjuring yeah. and, and Oculus are both scary films. Yeah. The Pyramid is not a scary film. Uh, maybe, maybe put it forward it, it as a suggestion. It's, it's maybe not bad for breaking out of the found footage genre. Yeah. So you're not dunking somebody straight into something like. Yeah. The Blair Witch, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. what I mean, or wreck. Yeah, yeah, I'm staring right at you when I say like wreck <laughs> or something like that. I still get shit off people. I still get shit off fellow podcasters that will still say to me that the cruelest thing that could ever be done was take someone who is not that much self-aware of something like horror and give them as a first movie wreck. But I stand by. Well, I tell you what, tough fucking life. I would back you up because it may be a scary. Rattling kind of fucking film, but it's awesome. a brilliant film. It's fucking awesome. I have watched, I think, three times since we watched it for the show. Yeah. So yeah. There we go. Um, so that's it. so that film wise, that's it. Very quickly because I've been talking for about an hour now. I think um, some television stuff. Just started American Horror Story Hotel. Only um, only just finished, but I tell you, I've not even finished it. The first episode is paused in my living room as we speak. I am. Um, Six episodes in them. Oh. I went like uh, checking out the American schedule of that. Don't ask me how, <laughs> uh, but I'm checking the American schedule. I'm digging it a lot, and I know that we have we we lost you, Baz, um, two seasons ago. Yeah, um, Coven pushed. I've watched them all. Did you watch Freak Show? Yes. What did you think of Freak Show? Freak it was better than Coven. It right. was a million times better than Coven. To me. The new one hotel owes a lot more to Asylum. In There's terms a very of, noir feel about it. Oh fuck yeah, yeah. It's, it's, know, in, it's, it's in LA. So that whole so noir yeah. thing. If you're doing anything in LA, it has to be noir. It has to has to acknowledge the cinema of LA, which is mostly noir based. I mean, that's where the great Chandler. Yeah, yeah. that's where they all come from. So there's that idea in it. What I think, my only issue 
with American Horror Story as it stands just now is I am six episodes into it and I have not a fucking clue where it's going. But in a way where I'm... The thing is, though, every episode I've been like, that, that character's badass, I fucking love this. They did their Halloween episode this year, and I'm not spoiling anything, but the Halloween episode this year was uh, like a, a buffet, no, not buffet, that's not the right word, was a sit-down meal with some of history's great serial killers. A banquet. A banquet with uh, the likes of Eileen Warnos and uh, John Wayne Gacy and Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, that's a fucking nuts. And I was sitting watching it going, this is... Exa- you know, to me, a serial killer fan. It was just fucking... It was brilliant. It was just like... It was like, here's an episode for you, Duncan. Here's an episode <laughs> crafted just for you. I would have loved it. The thing about it is that there are so many nods to, to horror. Like American Horror Story do it every year. They pick a series of horror movies within that. Sorry, I'm going to jump in here. Nods to horror. The carpet in that hotel. Yeah. Is that the carpet from The Shining? It's close to it. It's not because I only know that because of your arm. <laughs> and then, it's, it's close. It has a very unique style which is very similar to... The, the minute I saw it, I was like, that's that thing that Duncan's got tattooed in his arm. And I'm yeah. sure that's the fucking Shining. It's The Shining. There's nods to Room 1408, which we've watched before. This idea of a one room... The Sam Jackson one? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah immediately, we're yeah. talking about this Room 64 all the time. Yeah, which is also a nod to The Shining, which is Room... Two three seven, which okay. is also on my, 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 my body tattooed with ink uh, forever. Um, but <laughs> come play with us, that you don't know that. Did you see the shining? No. Oh, we need to rectify that. It's like it's like I've seen the memes, and you know, and I've seen like the clips, shining and the things are they constantly jostle. That's my have I? favorite horror movie of all time. Right, hold on. They fight each other. I may be lying. I may have seen it and not enjoyed it. I can't remember. But if I did, if I did, it was a long time ago. Yeah. So I mean, but the the movie plays into that. It plays into a lot. The idea of and you're not quite there yet. The idea of Hotel California. You know, once you check in, you don't check out. The Eagle song. Uh Um, That plays in it. That makes more sense when you finish episode one. Um, the things that, that I that people had reservations about before watching it, the big one being, and you being one of them, Lady Gaga. Yeah. I think Lady Gaga is fucking brilliant in it. I've just finished watching her first couple of big scenes. I still think she's a dick, but she can act. Yeah, but she's so like, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of reasons not to like like out with American Horror Story. There's a lot of reasons not to like Lady Gaga. Right. My my biggest problem was I I thought she was the prime example of style over substance. You know, in terms yeah, of, it, I yeah. thought her music was generic. No, it's pop. It's uh-huh. just it's it's really I have, just, pop, I have yeah. just recently discovered a band that you love, Churches, who oh, are a synth pop band. Fucking love Churches, and yeah, they, yeah. they blow my fucking mind. So I can get on board with good pop music. Yeah, yeah. I do not think hers is good. I think no, no, pop. but she, she I bet it was this yeah. flamboyant, ostentatious dressing and fucking see through. Yeah, just it's, style over something. Yeah, it's the 1980s for me. How yeah. many pop acts came out in the 1980s which were dolled up, fucking extravagant, very loud, very colourful. You actually yeah. sit down and listen yeah. to the music, it's not the same. And she harks to that era. Her music is well written, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. It's generic pop. It's paint-by-numbers pop. Yeah. She has, though, she does acknowledge 
and she has supported a lot of bands which are from our genre, uh-huh. the metal genre. Yeah. And she does that. She doesn't have to do that, but she does do that. But she was in the second movie in the Machete trilogy, the third one being made uh, sometime soon. But she was in the second movie, and she had a small role as an assassin in that. And I remember seeing her going. She's not a great actress, but she can act, and she yeah, has yeah. A, a screen presence about her. That when it was announced that she was going to be an American Horror Story, I was like, "That you've removed Jessica Lange from this. She's no, she's yeah. not doing one now." Um, and I don't think she is necessarily the replacement. I know a lot of people were but saying she's that a she powerful is powerful female. She's character. A, she's a powerful female presence, and she has a certain amount of ostentatiousness about her, which when you see her on the screen, I believe that she's a socialite. I believe that she. I can't spoil anything but I believe that she's existed as a socialite for a long time Uh, and basically thrives off the creativity of others and that's all you need for that character I don't need any depth for that character at all I just need to believe when she's on the screen that she's a socialite and she's playing the part like I say what I've seen of her it's not the worst thing that I've ever fucking seen and I'm happy to go with that she gets better as it goes on Um, for me, like I say, I've not even quite finished the first episode. Um, I was very unsure at the start as the episode progressed. I started to get a bit more on board with it. Yeah. And I, I, I think I find with, with a horror story, you really need to open yourself up and just let it fucking happen. Yeah. But what really, the, the soundtrack is beyond bitching. The soundtrack <laughs> is fucking amazing. And they played the Sisters of Mercy and I just about shot my bolt. It was, uh, it was, and I tweeted about it from the account. Um, it, it's fucking amazing. And it was followed up, I don't know who the fuck did the song after it, but the song that followed it was almost even as good. Yeah. It's the Sisters of Mercy, so it was never going to be quite as good, but it was almost even as good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there, there's that. Um, very quickly, so we start moving on. Uh, I watched The Walking Dead, um, the Walking Fear of the Walking Dead. Fear of the Walking Dead. I've not seen it yet. I've heard all right. Fairly good things. I quite enjoyed it. My daughter didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife was a bit nonplussed. I really dug it because they didn't just do another Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They set it during the outbreak. This, I think, annoyed my daughter. There wasn't enough zombies, there wasn't enough apocalypse type stuff. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's still police, there's still army on the ground, there's still a level of communication. I thought that was fucking brilliant. Yeah. They've taken, let's build on what we've got, alright? It's a cheap fucking, you know, studios fucking, let's just keep building on the zombie thing, everybody yeah. loves it. But they at least made a fucking attempt to try and do something different. I thought it was great. What's your opinions uh, before we, we jump on? Um, what's your opinions of AMC, the company that yep. puts out The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, now picking up th- another zombie show, which has been listed? Georgie Romero, who is widely considered uh, the godfather of zombies, uh-huh. the guy behind it, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, fucking Diary of the Dead, Survival of the Dead, something like lesser. Yeah. Uh, he has a comic. And the comic has now been picked up by AMC as a new zombie show, which they will be putting out. Do you think a TV station, which has already got The Walking Dead, which spans approximately five months, given its break in between, and then has Fear of the Walking Dead, which then comes a couple of months after that to span the gap between The Walking Dead series... Do you think them acquiring another show, even though it is 
what even Romero has said himself is because Romero's heavily critical of The Walking Dead and doesn't like it. Um, do you think that is one step too far? Is it too many zombies on TV? Or is it something that I, you would... Off, off the back of what I've seen of AMC, I think they, they at least deserve the opportunity to do it. Because um, you're quite open to this idea of Preacher as well, aren't you? Well, this is what I was just going to say. They're, they're bringing out the Preacher one yeah. and I... I watched the trailer. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Yeah. Um, I've never read the comics, so to yeah, me I saw see, the trailer and I was like that. That's uh, bitching. Yeah. But no context. In context, now I am a fanatical preacher. Oh, we fan. know this. Preacher <laughs> blew my fucking mind in it, it, it. would to anybody, and I would, I would genuinely suggest that you read the comics because they are phenomenal. Because you had issues with. Well, put things in perspective the, when we started doing this show and things were talking about adapting from yeah. the comic book world over um, the two that kind of touched on this podcast genre was Constantine yeah. which you watched all of yeah. which I watched half an episode yeah. of and switched off yeah. um, and Preacher yeah. now Preacher's been picked up by the more legitimate in terms of genre stuff, the more legitimate company now owns oh. the right to preach out and is producing that. Constantine was put out by NBC, I think it was, and NBC, or ABC, one of the two. NBC, I think, are the company that put out Hannibal and thus cancelled Hannibal yeah. as well because there's no audience for that genre stuff. It's a huge... I mean, it ended huge... up in fucking Amazon Prime over here, so yeah, yeah. there was no other fucking way of seeing it. Yeah. yeah. And the, the interesting thing about Constantine was the episodes I enjoyed were the ones taken directly from, from the comic comics. Right. right. I watched that, and I have watched that Preacher fucking trailer <laughs> too many times for it to be healthy, to be quite honest. You and I, I am it still undecided. Um, they have veered away from the comic book uh-huh. right from the beginning. Um, and I, I've watched, off the back of watching that, I've watched a few kind of YouTube presenters and stuff like that discussing it as well. Right, yeah, yeah. And I actually had found one that I forgot I had seen. I saw this about six months ago. There was a one of the YouTube channels that, that sort of geek slash comics, you know, type thing. Um, they got their hands, legitimately, they got their hands on the script for the right. pilot. Um, from the company themselves it, was, it wasn't a dodgy internet fucking thing they got, and they had read the script and this woman was very supportive of it and she said it, it does not follow the comic and, and straight away and this was the thing that concerned me in the comic almost at the first or second episode uh, or issue rather um, the town that the preacher lives in mm-hmm. is annihilated right? and the, the comic is a road trip Right, right. That's not the case with this show. Difficult to do as a TV show, though. Yeah. Do you not think? Yeah. If he's on the road, it almost becomes like the it's Tobo. Each each episode's a different. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. You can see fucking costs in that spider yeah, yeah. control. That's not the case. The town isn't annihilated, and and my big concern is: does he become? What annoyed me about Constantine? Constantine became this guy that ran about helping folk out that were yeah. pa- and that's not John Constantine. Yeah. John Constantine could not give a fuck if your wife's possessed. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Unless he needs your wife for something. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, he might help you so he could fucking sacrifice her soul if some demon he needs to get out of his back. Do you know what I mean? And I'm slightly concerned that they try and turn the character of Jesse Custer, who's the preacher, into this kind of. Uh, 
superpowered vigilante who just helps everybody in the town and fix all their problems. Yeah. That would be catastrophic. The other thing that I can't make my mind up is the character of Cassidy, who in the comic books is this Irish um, vampire mm-hmm. who becomes Jesse's best friend, but he is the ultimate kind of anti-hero type thing. Yeah. And they've got him played by Joseph, is it Gilgan? Yeah. The yeah, boy yeah. who was in, uh, he was in Misfits, he was in This Is England and that, who is one of my favourite actors. The guy yeah. is fucking genius and the only thing that frightens me is the accent because <laughs> Sons of Anarchy was a phenomenal fucking oh, piece of television. Oh, Irish accents. But those Irish accents... Are terrible. Why? Why? You could have got an Irish actor for the fraction of the fucking the cost is, have who would actually sound like he was fucking Irish. Yeah, Chibs in that show, uh-huh. who's from Glasgow, yep. could do a better fucking Irish accent. Yep. And the fact that they have him doing a, a kind of pseudo... Scottish, Irish, uh, American uh, accent was more legitimate than the, the Irish accent. Was. Just yeah. hire some Irish actors. Yeah, I know. The, for all they're in, for all they're actually in the show. Interestingly, the, the, the person that Gilgan replaced in Misfits was an Irish actor. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? For the life of me, I can't remember his name, but I've seen him. He did a film about the band. He, the boy that was invited to join you too. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. Yeah. It was a fucking brilliant film. Yeah, yeah. That wee boy is a brilliant, he's a great brilliant actor. actor. He's a great actor. Visually, maybe not quite as Cassidy as Gilgan or something like. It's quite short, but I thought, why don't give him a fucking shot? He's fucking Irish. Yeah, his pattern would have been dynamite. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I, I, I keep on. But The Walking Dead, Feel The Walking Dead was yeah. alright. Um, and the, the last one was Hannibal season 3. Oh, um, did you like it? I liked it as much as I liked the other ones, don't I'm, I'm not the massive Hannibal fan that you are, and I don't think I ever will be. Yeah. It's just a wee bit too art house for me. Yeah, to me it was. Um, it was oh, I know the... it strokes your meat. Oh, man. <laughs> that, that finished, I don't know, I've never actually spoke about it on the show. I know I spoke about it with. Uh, uh, Messer Blockley over on Doing the Nasty Podcast yeah. and me and him are of the same opinion that show to me is quite possibly one of the greatest shows I've ever seen it, it has a visual style which blows my mind the fact that that show managed to last three seasons on an NBC in yeah. the States which does not put on I always said it before when people were like I can't believe this show isn't getting a bigger crowd and I wanted a bigger crowd for it but I was like that it's an art house cannibal show Ah, how do you sell how do you market an art house cannibal show other than the fact that Hannibal Lecter is one of the characters in it and you know Hannibal because you watch Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal and all the rest oh by the way it's not played by Anthony Hopkins to me Mads Mickles is a definitive Hannibal I think he's I I would not argue with that he's amazing he's fucking I I never had any problem with that the character of Will Graham I, I maybe had a bit of a problem. It, it, it was too morose and, and fucking depressed, and you kind of wanted to slap him a little bit. And tell it, they've they've like, expanded a lot. Mickelson yeah. was frighteningly good. The thing is, they've expanded on. In terms of the novel, Will Graham was a character in one book. So oh. they've had to expand before as a prequel and to an extent after. Like the whole stuff that happened with. Uh, Mason Verger yeah. the Hannibal storyline which is very much to the book even down to the eel is in the fucking book which didn't get touched on in the film but they, they stuck to that that idea they extend the character unnaturally into another scenario and I liked it I thought, I thought the thing about him is I think he's 
the end of that, the end of season three is, is not like it is in the book. And they had said, Brian Fuller had come out and said, the showrunner had said that if, when the show was cancelled, that fans might be worried that there's an, a cliffhanger at the end which would make people upset or whatever. The ending was perfect. The ending was I actually had, I had no problems with that. It was perfect. It was perfect um, ending. I know you've campaigned quite vigorously for it to get picked up. I will still campaign. And like, and like I said, it's one of those shows that you could pick it up again in four years. They could come back whenever they want them. Yeah, they could come back. And and I thought the ending helped. Brilliantly. Yeah, it helped yeah. it. I had no problem with the ending at all. I thought it was actually very clever. We could have, we could have, a, and Fuller said it himself, Fuller's now off doing, um, is that American Gods? The Gaming. Oh, the real gaming book? Yeah, he, that's what he's moved yeah. Now he's, a, he's the showrunner for that now. Interestingly, I did not, I'm a huge Neil Gaming fan, yeah. I did not. That book was alright. It's not fucking great. Well, he's, he's now in charge of that show. Yeah. And that's where his time spent. So part of me felt that while you said he was campaigning, and I did their quotes there, campaigning to get the show back, he even said himself, he's now booked out for the next year. Yeah. So how vigorously he was campaigning to get the show back, knowing that he couldn't do season four for a year, uh-huh. was one of these things. But to me, if someone said tomorrow that Brian Fuller is going to remake Silence of the Lambs, yeah. and he's going to do it, with Mads Mikkels no, 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 no. as Hannibal Lecter. And well, somebody came out in the Starling, yeah. obviously. Yeah. The internet might explode over the idea of that movie being remade. I would fucking watch it in a heartbeat. I'd, I'd, first day, first I, day I'd be at the cinema. I would be on board with you as well. Yeah. I think I, I would totally go for that. And they, they basically remade a good part of Hannibal. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did it fucking. I think they did it better. Yeah, yeah. I, I genuinely think they did. And I love. I have no reference to the books, but yeah, yeah I, I thought I thought they did it better. And I do love Gary Oldman and yeah, the actor that played Mason Verger in season three, who was not what's his face. Oh, the because there was the boy from uh, Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire. Uh, yeah, and he was brilliant. But the, uh, yeah, maybe he was trying to be a bit. I, I know Blockley had said he was a bit too. Gary Oldman. I thought he was. Pe- I thought the only like, read the book. That is what Mason Verger is like, yeah. and he plays it to a T. And Margot Verger is exactly like she's. Well, in the book, she's actually a bitch, fucking lesbian dyke kind of thing. Huge yeah. woman. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I, I didn't mean that in an offensive way. Yeah. That probably sounded really offensive. <laughs> it wasn't as offensive <laughs> as you thought. Um, but yeah, so I mean, from that point of view, they covered a lot in the season three, which I loved. I, I genuinely think. At the end of this year, it's my favourite TV show. Yeah. It's not the favourite. It's not the one I thought I would be saying at the end of the year. The one I thought I'd be saying at the end of the year would be True Detective season two, which, in my opinion, is right behind it. I know a lot of people hated on that. I didn't fucking hate it. I thought it was I, actually really good. I did not hate it. It was in nowhere near as good as season one. I don't think. Yeah. But I still enjoyed it yeah. and. I thought it tailed a bit towards the end, but I thought some of the performances in that were fucking outstanding, yeah. particularly the female lead in it. I thought she was amazing. Hey, oh yeah, her name escapes me. She's a fucking really yeah. good really I good thought she was, I struggled a Rachel bit. Rachel McAdams. I struggled a little bit with Vince Vaughn and what really I like love Vince Vaughn in it. I. He just he looked too much like the guy, a fat version of the guy who had swingers. <laughs> and, um, I couldn't buy that. Oh. 
So, after how long, Duncan? Uh, we've been gone? recording for an hour and 20 minutes. Right, well, that's what I've been watching. Ah, you, what have you been watching? I said to Baz, I, well, the thing is, I said to Baz before we started recording here, a nice, a nice top hour and a half, Baz, for this show. That's not going to happen. Oh my uh, god. Oh Jesus. So you did. Always went the, ah. full, the full length. Uh, in terms of what I watched recently, I actually just. I would like to talk about one thing that you, you've seen. Oh yeah. I would like to talk about Green Inferno. Green Inferno is not a good movie. Oh. God, I don't know. It's not, it's not. It's not. It's not a bad movie. It's not a good movie. I, I, it's somewhere in between. It's a painfully average movie, which is tonally awkward. My, my issue with it is that Eli Roth, and I've mentioned this before once again on doing the nasty, but uh, with Blockley, who fucking hated who was so optimistic, yeah, he really despised it. He was the thing is like, during the viewing of it, me and him watched it at the same time. I was slightly ahead, fifteen minutes, and we were texting each other throughout the movie. Ooh. And um, he was so much more optimistic than I was during the movie up to a point. When I started becoming less optimistic and Blockley hated it. Yeah. He just dropped well below me. I, my my problem with the movie, first and foremost, is that I know that there's a lot of Americans that love the movie, right? And I know why they love the movie, because this movie got cinematic run in the States. Yeah. And made the cinema the subject matter the subject matter of the movie and the content of the movie is not something that makes a cinema mm. in the States. Yeah. It doesn't make the cinema over here either. Yeah. And they got that. So to sit in the cinema and see someone be eviscerated on screen in front of you with great special effects uh-huh. would make me fucking sport a chubby. It was fucking exactly what I want we didn't get over here. Yeah, and, and you're saying we're not going to get exactly You're not going to get over here. You're going to get a Blu-ray. You're going to get a, in fact, you'll be lucky if you get a Blu-ray over here. The way things are going, you probably get a DVD. Yeah. Um so I got that release in the States and Blumhouse put it out and uh, that's great. Eli Roth himself dedicates the movie to Ruggiero Diodato, the guy that directed Cannibal Holocaust. At the end of the movie in the credits, lists in the credits, which is a bold fucking move, a brief history of essential uh, movies that you need to watch if you're into the cannibal cannibal Italian subgenre. It lists them all. Most of these movies I've now seen through doing, doing the nasty, doing the nasty yeah, which and most of these movies were banned in the UK during the video nasty scare. All of those movies, regardless whether I liked them or not, have a particular scene in, in the movie where I'm like, "This is uncomfortable. It's edgy and it pushes the boundaries." Green yeah. Inferno doesn't have any of that, yeah. and that's the issue for me. I, I sat and I watched it. I hated all the fucking characters. I hated the dialogue. The setup for the movie is great. And then it descends into that Dubro frat humour which dogs Roth's career. Mm. Um, so much so that the one movie that I will defend to the help, which is Hostel, the longer time has gone on, the more I'm starting to think that Hostel may have been a fluke. I think that the subject matter, all the social commentary that I put into that movie is maybe incidental. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't hate it. I just, I, I want, and I'm, I, about 40 minutes in there, I thought Roth has done it. And then five minutes after that, there is a, there is a diarrhea based joke, which I was like, why the fuck is that in this movie? And then there's more of that throughout the movie. There's about two or three 
comedy things that made me think had you made this just a straight out horror comedy this would have been fucking amazing mm. had you taken the humour out and made it a straight up cannibal horror movie this would have been amazing the fact that you've amalgamated the two which to be fair to Roth the Italian cannibal subgenre did that it was the 70s so totally See, there I are never weird saw any kind of weird humour in, in Cannibal Holocaust Cannibal right? Holocaust which in fairness is the only yeah. one I've seen Cannibal Holocaust is devoid of humour but the majority of that's the exception to the rule the majority of Cannibal Cannibal Ferox maybe as well but Cannibal Ferox is an exploited version of Cannibal Holocaust yeah. out with that most of them have goofy humour or goofy right. like, stuff that doesn't totally work to me I forgive those movies because it's 1970. Yeah, 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 I know. No, this no. is 2013 when he made the movie. This is 2013. Characters should not be one dimensional anymore. See, that, that's what fucking excited me. It's like you can do all of the vile crap that was in Cannibal Holocaust without actually doing the vile crap that you did in Cannibal yeah, Holocaust. Yeah. And that kind of almost excited me. You I don't get any. You no. don't get. There is one scene which I, I would almost applaud because I thought it was one of the best sort of, not cannibal scenes, but the, the basically someone being alive and being cut apart, yeah. arms come off, legs come yeah, off, yeah. and all the rest, and the special effects are fucking amazing. And I saw it, and I was like, that, this is, hallelujah, yeah, yeah. you've done it. This is and it. then... Less than two minutes later, the diary is your drops, Kill and you're like, "You've killed it! You've Thanks. killed that fucking thing!" Fuck you, Eli Roth. Eat what was that? <laughs> that was even all right. Eli Roth. Fuck you, Eleanor Roth. Eleanor yeah, Cow. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my big gripe. Um, out with that. I spoke last week, so I don't need to touch it. The one movie I will say that I will send you before this year, is yep. and you will see it, yep. is Bone Tomahawk, and you will fucking. Um, struck me off for that I've because Buchanan has seen it I watched the trailer and it looks fucking amazing Buchanan saw it on the basis that I recommended to him and Buchanan has said to me David Buchanan from Rock and Roll Reviews has seen it said to me top three movies of the year see I from the trailer I was genuinely excited but I, I love western genre but oh. I love the dark twist on oh, the western so genre good. Like and go back to the comics, Jonah Hex and that now that Jonah Hex film was fucking movie is awful. Oh, it was so fucking bad. But the Western horror comic genre, yeah, and which is mostly Jonah Hex was the fucking. The, well, let me the, just the, like two seconds. Lansdale and that that wrote it. Yeah, Jonah Hex comes out. Joe Lansdale, an awful that I fucking love. Yeah. But, oh my god, Bubble Hotep is one of my favourite movies. That like, you need to watch. We will do that. Yeah, for a we'll do that, yeah. fucking amazing. Um, Joe R. Lansdale behind it. Mastodon fucking scored it. One of my favourite bands of all time did the fucking soundtrack for it. Mastodon sucks though. Fuck <laughs> you. For the listeners out there, Baz is getting the single I'm getting finger, the finger and, and in my anus. And told to rotate. Yeah, and um, it's sore. <laughs> and uh, Josh Brolin, who's an actor that I really like. Yeah. And then I watched the movie and I was like, oh, there's, there's no soul. So bad. There is no soul to that so movie. Bad. It is so superficial. It's one dimensional as fuck. It's awful. But Bone Tomahawk has Bone Tomahawk has Kurt Russell, which instantly makes it the greatest movie this year, right? I, I quite like Kurt Russell. You are you a fan of Kurt Russell and Western? Have you seen you've all seen Tombstone? I've seen Tombstone and I loved. Right. Do you a couple of Masonic references in Tombstone, so I don't know, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
the movie is phenomenal. Right. I can't I can't stress enough. You have a uh, Matthew Fox from Lost, isn't it? Yeah. You're playing have... a rather shitty character from what I gathered from the trailer. He's not this the nicest is what guy. What I love about this movie is at the movie you will have one opinion about him and then. Towards the end, your opinion is completely changed. Yeah, I dig that. I dig that. Clever character, yeah. um, Patrick Wilson that we were talking about earlier on. Great actor. Fucking great actor. So he's it. in the he's in the movie, and there are a series of cameos by horror folk and comedy folk, and it just has the most interesting take on cannibals I've ever seen yeah. in a movie. I genuinely think is one of the best movies that's come out this year. Genre be damned. Yeah, yeah. I think it is one of the best movies. It is made by, we're talking about guys that have made their uh, directorial debut from coming from the, the from different backgrounds uh-huh. in the past. This guy's a musician. Oh, this is his first proper feature movie. He got Kurt Russell coming off the Hateful Eight. Tarantino thing oh, that's just right, all yeah. the fucking mission they got, got oh, him in yeah because this was at the end of the trailer he's like it was just fucking timing yeah and he walked in like a fucking cowboy yeah. just appeared and everything perfect perfect take him from uh, you're, you're, so you're doing a western movie right before you shave that moustache off can you do my movie got him in it best fucking casting choice ever that movie annihilated me yeah. I genuinely think best character development I've seen in a movie this year uh, when the shit happens in this movie the cannibal stuff Shits all over Cannibal, uh, Green Fernal. Shits all over it, so yeah. I've got to say, the, the trailer blew my tits off, and I I've spoken to you now about it, and I'm rigid. To I, you need to fucking say You're going to love it. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about it. that legitimate copy that you've procured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which doesn't exist. But yeah, I will sit there, that USB stick I found in a park bench, I will, I will hand deliver it to you. <laughs> there is no way at the end of this year, when we do our end of year show, that the two of us are not fucking gushing over this movie yeah. mega, so. With that in mind, now I'm half into the recording, we're going to take a very short break when myself and the Baz return. It's time to answer some of your questions on Bazzy's second year anniversary show. We're going to be right back. We're already half a bottle of crown down. <laughs> uh, we're going to be right back after this. Melodies He turned to me as if to say 
welcome back. So, this is the question and answer segment. You guys have submitted questions because I prompted you, but I'm not going to say that you did it off your own back. Uh, and we've got quite a few people sending in questions for the baz. So, boom. first um, is a question by, and we may murder your name here, and I apologise profusely if I do so, but Joseph Anthony Prasuciello says, Does the Bazzi's mighty beard give you special powers like unto Samson? Yes. <laughs> do you want to tell it, uh, it makes me a phenomenal lover. Oh. Like, you know, you know, like biblical proportions type <laughs> lover. If Moses. I don't even know where I'm if going. If Moses with that. was in Debbie Does Dallas. Yeah. That's like me. So I'm far too drunk to be taking questions. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> this is the best idea. The next question comes in by someone called Barry Lowe. And he says, Why are you so fucking hot? I don't know, mate. It's just a gift. Genetics. Um, our good friend Court says, Dear Baz. <clears throat> Hello, Court. How do I talk my way out of a knife fight with Duncan? You started <laughs> started over who is the biggest horror fan. I can't quite afford the trip to Scotland to solve this quibble. So how does he get out of a knife fight with me, which I can't afford because I can't afford the plane ticket? I think that's self-evident, Cor. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, Cor. I'm not buying a ticket. Mate, you, just, you need to nut the fuck up because uh, where I come from, you don't back out a knife fight, mate. You do not back out well, a knife fight. training advice then? If he was going to take me on in a knife fight, how would he train? Coming from a different continent, uh-huh. how would he, like you obviously grew up. Knife fighting. Yeah, knife fighting, street rules, yep. doing. Yeah. He's American. Yeah. They have a lot more guns over there, so no need for the knife. They have the firearm. Uh-huh. How does he train for a knife fight battle, Baz? Just sharpen it. <laughs> Look, razor fucking sharp. What was expected? Um, you know, you, you work on the. Uh, see, now you say over there they have fucking guns, right? They don't. They have the right to bear arms. Th- this of is any sort. This is true. Get yourself a good knife, cut, sharpen it up to fuck, slash him up to bits. Right, and scrap up like chop liver, big man. Our next question is from our very good friend and a long, a long time listener, Mr. Jamie Wilson. Hello, Jamie. His first question didn't make any sense. I'm not going to do the Northern Irish accent no, this time because no. I fucked up last time and he's not even Northern Irish. He just he's, happens to live there nowadays. He's from Glasgow, so don't do that. Uh, Mar- just outside Glasgow. <laughs> uh, he's just he's from just outside Glasgow. Um, so, do you know he's from Kilmarnock? He spoke about it before, and I know fine well, Jamie's for your son. I, I suspect some internet stalking which the Baz can be prone to uh, so his first question was dear Baz please help me ok yes which, boom which I'm glad he came back on because question you, answered you don't want to you don't want to just open that like that to the Baz that's like a that's like a cheque which has been signed with no value the Baz will take that for a million no value no day big man <laughs> You're fucked. <laughs> he says, apologies for the the quick hope of help earlier in the thread, but Baz, I'm losing my mind. Trying to grow my beard, and I was wondering if you have any tips on how to manage beard growth. Do I cut it monthly, which is about £13 at the Turkish Barbers, or trim it myself and end up looking like a big issue seller and look homeless? Much thanks and look forward to your answer. So Baz, as a man with a perfectly sculpted Beard. Can you give some advice to our long-term listener, Jamie, uh, Jamie Wilson, out there, and tell him what he needs to do for his beard? 
Yes, I can, Duncan. Two things, big man. Two? Right, go for it. First off, stop cutting that fucker, Jamie. <laughs> I don't care if it's burly Turkish men or it's yourself. Stop cutting it. <laughs> Your first fucking goal in life, length, mate. Yeah. Like everything, length and girth. <laughs> let, don't cut it, just let it grow out. Now, the next thing you're going to say is, I bet Baz, it sprouts out in all directions. And then I look like a fucking idiot. Yep, that's true. <laughs> Second thing, beard oil. Beard oil? Beard oil is the way of the future, my friend. It is a Victorian invention that has come back into fucking fashion. We all these be hipster dicks doing in London. <laughs> so, Baz, I need to ask you, uh, now that this show is sponsored by Crown Royal Whiskey. Yep. It's a very nice whiskey. Smooth. We are... More than half a bottle. <laughs> well, well through this bottle, my Holy Royal. fucking shit. I'm hammered. Um, is there a particular... Six o'clock at night, don't I this is, this is, I've got to go home after I this. had to buy a fucking microwave pizza because I thought I'm not going to be able to cook. I've got to be the, a fucking one and a half year old after this. It's not going to happen. Not great. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's going to be like, ah, I'm just going to like fucking sit in the bath. Uh, right, anyway, the, is there a particular brand of beard oil that you would like to mention on the show potential sponsor the beard oil of my choice Duncan is you can find it beardbase.co.uk I used their original <laughs> which uh, has, has no perfume in it and it does add a slightly oily musk to you I've got it my wife says I smell like rapeseed oil which is kind of fucking weird but <laughs> I do believe my wife says I smell like rape I do, I, I do <laughs> believe like, oh I do believe it's one of the, the ingredients in it but they do a lumberjack they do an arctic explorer they're very they're hipster wee dicks and they're tiny bottles and they cost a fucking fortune but if you would like to sponsor us beardbase.co.uk we will <laughs> I will once again mention you every single time that's been my that is why when my beard brushes against the microphone, it's just a, it's a quiet shh. <laughs> As opposed to a rattly, kind of crunchy fucking sound. So, Jamie, stop cutting the fucking thing. Stop letting Turkish men cut the fucking thing. Beard oil, mate. But the secret to beard oil, and this is where folk go wrong. Oh, right. They just, they kind of lather it over their beard. Like a moisturizer. Into the hair. It's not. You need to massage it into the scalp at the roots of the beard. And that keeps it, that keeps it moist and oil. No one listening to this podcast can see the elaborate hand movements. Yeah, it's glorious to watch, but get it rubbed right in there, Jamie boy. You'll be fine, my friend. There we go. Thank you very much, Jamie Wilson. Last question before we take another short break. This was a lot shorter this segment. Oh yeah, I, I, I. Thank I'm going to finish my first Crown Royal. Yeah, um, Crown Royal whiskey. It's, <laughs> it's from a long-term listener, uh, Michael McCloskey. Oh, McCloskey. Yeah, he says, yeah, son of a bitch. He says, dear, that oh, uh, Would you even consider starting your own podcast where you challenge Duncan to review Stroke Learn about something which he is a novice in, similar to you and Basie, or perhaps Duncan? could do um, versus sports ball as he likes to call it and Jerry Esposito good friend Jerry Esposito says that is a superb idea so would you Baz like to start your own podcast where you challenge me to watch football yes I would tell you that that would yes, be the I would. shittest podcast I, I feel like I've been including this I get to speak Baz this is not your time no 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 <laughs> it's a terrible idea and the reason behind it is that the reason Baz v Horror exists is that Baz is a horror novice who is susceptible to the scares, the jumps, the, the grittiness, the unnerving feeling. Football puts me to sleep. 
It puts me as the most boring, overrated sport ever because I come from a family of people. My mum is, and you will love this, my mum is a huge Rangers fan. Fucking massive Rangers fan. She watches Rangers all the time. My older brother is a huge Celtic fan, which you would probably not approve of. But um, I grew up in a household that watched football all the time. Bores the fucking shit out of me. Overrated, overpaid, shite. So uh, if the, the podcast consisted of me, Duncan, sitting down watching football games, and I would imagine coming back to tell you what I thought of the performances, it would be the most negatively biased show ever. Now, however, I will put a spin on this. Sports ball was what was mentioned, and that is my collective term yep. for sports in general. Let's say you picked a different sport that you were interested in, maybe some of the baseball, uh-huh. and you put that forward, and I had to watch them. Then maybe we'll be talking here, Baz, although I have watched baseball before, and that is glorified rounders. And so, you, you do know it lasts about three and a half to four hours. I've fucking sat through box sets of fucking horror movies. So Aha, uh-huh. box set of horror movies. You ever sat through a fucking game of sport that lasts three and a half to four hours? I've watched Grand Prix before. That guy's just gay. <laughs> right. <laughs> In answer to the question, I think it is a phenomenal idea. Now, Duncan... Yes. You're saying that you grew up in this house for folk watch sport night. Now, so did I. And this may surprise you, you know, my sister is a huge Celtic fan. That does surprise me yeah. because I know how staunch a Rangers fan you exactly. are. Exactly. Does it cut you to the core, big man? No, it actually doesn't. It cuts her to the core because my sister's a lot older than me. Oh, right. So you're uh, the, you're yeah, the one that so should have been brought in there. My sister was 14 when I was born. Ah. And there's only the two of us. Um, and she spent, like, for a, for a long time, my sister worked uh, in a sports shop in Glasgow and that. She knew quite a lot of the Celtic players in the 1980s and that. One of her friends went out with one of them for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. And our father, um, who in fairness to him is uh, <laughs> best described as an Alloa supporter, an Alloa athletic supporter. Oh, dear. Um, our father was the head chef in a hotel in Ayrshire called uh, Seville Hydro, which is the hotel that Celtic use in their ah, training. Right, so right. my dad cooked most of the pre-match meals for Celtic for the best part of a decade. Oh, God. Um, I loved playing football as a child. Uh-huh. I fucking hated watching football as a child. <laughs> I had no fucking interest in it at all. The first game I ever attended was a Celtic game. It was Celtic against Hibernian and it was the debut of a young man called Morris Johnson who became very famous in later years Mm -hmm. for a reason we'll come on to. (laughs) I was so bored during that experience. Now my sister had taken, my sister and her best friend who was going out with one of the Celtic players at the time as I mentioned earlier. The two of them took myself and my dad to this game and I was so bored that for about 80 minutes of the 90 I was actually playing one of those fighting fantasy books do you remember the, those were like Dungeons and Dragons for beginners thing? it was number 3 in the series a book called The Forest of Doom and I actually completed half of it by the time it got to the end now my sister got so pissed off that at one point she nudged me to pay attention and there was a noise went up in the crowd so I jumped up and cheered believing the team to have scored oh, no, and it was a free kick oh, no. and my sister told me just to sit back down and read my book again <laughs> and I remember I was I would lean down and roll the dice between my feet so they didn't <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Jump forward about four or five years. I'm now by this point about 18, 19. Oh, God. Dropped out of uni and I'm, uh, I'm living it back at home. And my friend, now nobody outside Scotland's going to get this, but they ironically named John Paul. Um, who was a fanatical Rangers supporter? Uh, well, I remember this day we'd been out on the Friday. Yeah, you want you want to mention why that is uh, ironic? In, in, in Scotland, <laughs> uh, well, in the West Coast of Scotland, it's traditional that Catholic people support Celtic and Protestant people support Rangers. John Paul obviously is the name of two popes. Yes. Um, John Paul was christened this, I believe. <laughs> After the first one that had died, all right. Um, his, his father came from a, a, one of the islands off the west coast of Scotland. It's predominantly Catholic. It's one of the Uists, whichever is the Catholic one. There's one right. that's predominantly Catholic, one's predominantly Scottish, eh, Protestant rather. Yeah. Um, and John Bob was going to name after it. So anyway, but he grew up a fanatical Rangers supporter. Um, and when I was about 18, 19, I remember this very well. I remember pulling up outside my mother's house on a Friday evening, and I'd been out. I was going home to have my dinner, I was going to work. And he happened to say, eh, Listen, there's a spare ticket to go to the football tomorrow if you want to come. Alright, and he said, Oh, it's in Edinburgh, it's like a, what we call an away day, so you go away for the day and you go and see. It's brilliant, go to the pub and get pissed and some Oh, I'm in for that, yep, and that was me. Hooked. Fucked, went to that one game. Which I can I can barely remember to be quite honest the state I was in, and uh, I've been fanatical ever since. I think, Junkin, what you need is the live experience, my friend. You need to be in an environment where you hate four to five thousand people purely because of the religion that essentially their parents brought them up in, and the colour of clothing they wear. I will see. And once that gets into you, Duncan, inside, inside your soul, sir. You'll never look back, big man. You'll ditch all this horror film pish and you'll have a fucking podcast called I Hate Celtic Supporters. I, I was at a football match <laughs> when I was 19, a live football match. What game? Uh, it was Falkirk. Well, see, it's our local team, Duncan, but let's be honest, they're dunk shit. Right, but it was like one of the big teams. I can't remember if it was Rangers or Celtic. That's how much interest I had in it. You can't uh, remember, yeah, I can't remember which one it was and it was shite. I just, I have no interest in men... Kicking a fucking inflatable ball. Unless but it's you rugby. Love, you love a rugby match. You love the wrestling though. So basically, if they're, if they're barely clothed, wearing yeah. trunks and covered in oil, the you're thing about, game. The thing about the UFC is that when someone the hits a, when, when, when someone hits someone, there's a, there's a likelihood of death. Um, when someone hits someone in football or grazes them, there's a likelihood that that person will jump and then roll on the ground for five minutes, complaining that they've been. Brutally savaged by that person. It is not something that if Baz wants to make an attempt at it, then we will attempt it. But I will tell you right now, Coming I'm back. not editing that show. I'm not recording that show. That's what you big man, and we'll see what people think after. I can imagine right now, iTunes rate one star worst podcast ever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Goodbye, the listener. I would love to do that, but if I'm going to have to record this fucking thing, it's basically Duncan speaking into my iPhone. <laughs> For uh, 90 minutes or so, so we'll maybe not bother. It's a great fucking idea, though. There you go, right? So we're going to take a short break. That was the. the we took long on that first bit. Uh, we're still worth drinking. This is weird. So glad we bought all this cocaine down because it really <laughs> speeded things up. It, uh, it's working wonders. <laughs> we're going to take a short First break. part, 1 minute 28. Podcast <laughs> length, 1 minute 42. <laughs> when we come back after this short break, uh, we're going to be discussing. Some of the highlights and some of the memories from year two 
of Baz v Horror. Myself and the Baz coming right back right after this.
welcome back. So, Baz. Duncan. My good friend. We did, like I said, at the start of the show, 32 movies. Fucking ridiculous. Holy fucking shit right now. We did 32 movies. I was thinking about this. We did 32 movies for Baz v Horror, which means I did 32 movies for Baz v Horror, as well as the rest of the movies that I do for this fucking show. Holy, I don't even want to know how many fucking movies I've seen this year. But I, I wasn't joking at the start. I, I genuinely think that most of the years of my life I didn't watch that few different I can films. imagine that. It, it's one of those no. things. I think doing a podcast as well, which is looking at movies, doesn't force sounds like a, a word in which there is no pleasure behind it. Yeah. Um, and that's not the case in this one. When it comes to Basie Horror, I like to think that it's an education on your part, but at the same time, there is at least an enjoyment level on that. I have, I have enjoyed every single film I have watched, even the fucking ones that I hated. I enjoyed the experience because I can now say, oh, I've seen that film, it's fucking shit, that's a horrible fucking film. Yeah. But I can, I enjoy the experience and the, the kind of, you know, just... I have a level of credibility now when I talk about horror films that I never used to have. Well, yeah, there's like, a lot of Steven Jones, that's great. There's a lot of horror fans mm-hmm. that don't watch 32 movies in a year. Or yeah. horror movies. Um, what I think is a good thing about... Like, you make a good point there, actually. The, the idea of, regardless if the movie's good or bad, the idea of watching the experience or being able to see it. I think the experience of talking about it on a podcast, like actually sharing your opinions with someone, on a movie that's what it's there for movies are an art form and uh, art should not be there solely for one person it should be discussed it is is, is the idea of the therapeutic value of discussing a good movie or a bad movie with someone else who either shares or disagrees with your opinion there's not a value that can be put on that and this year like I say we did a lot of fucking movies (laughs) Um, so let me recap some of what we did we covered right at the start of the year we kicked this off with some Friday the 13th. Now, we had watched the first movie um, as part of Baz v Horror in year one. And I said that the intention was we would always cover the the rest of the franchise. So, we did parts two through ten and the remake as part of that franchise. <laughs> we did, holy shit, we did The Exorcism of Emily Rose. We did High Tension. We did a very special fan High Tension? Te- remember that? that? Yeah, we did a very special fans episode uh, selected by yourself we did the loved ones we did a, a dedicated show now, which I still say <laughs> is the most fun I've ever had doing a show ever definitely my favourite yeah um, we did A Nightmare on Elm Street we did the entire franchise so it's parts 1 through 6 and New Nightmare the remake and Freddy vs Jason yep. we then jumped on to the Baz v Halloween series which would I spit in your grave the last broadcast Antichrist the den irreversible late Mungo Eden Lake The Taken and Deborah Logan Requiem for a Dream and a whole movie in total 32 movies right yep that's a lot of watching yes and you really did I, I, I think the thing is like, some people think ah you're, you're watching movies and you're talking about them and that is true in itself if I said to you watch 32 movies in a year that's doesn't seem that onerous, doesn't seem that taxing, but when I then say to you, watch 32 movies in a year and then sit down with a mic in front of you and describe what the movie's about, the impact it had on you, and then kind of summarise that in some capacity at the end as an overall impact on either the horror genre or yourself, 
that then becomes slightly more cumbersome. But then when I then say to you, by the way, the majority of those movies, more than half, almost two thirds of those movies that you have discussed are stuck within one franchise or another franchise, and then becomes even more cumbersome. Now, most horror fans out there have seen all the Friday the 13th movies, have seen all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but they, to then watch them week on week and know that you then have to spend 40 minutes discussing that movie afterwards, it becomes quite difficult, especially when you're doing them like we did, which is not the advised way of doing a retrospective. Uh, we did them close-knit, you watch four movies, you record the show. You watch four movies, you record the show. Because I didn't want the retrospectives for the last three years. I wanted them condensed and all the rest. It's a lot of movie watching. However, I would say to you, as a question, you must feel on some level, and I kind of touched on it at the start, like that idea of horror novice is kind of washed away with the fact that two of the the genre's biggest franchises are now behind you. Mm-hmm. In terms of you as a, 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 an impressionable horror fan, someone that is still, you've admitted it yourself, you're now a horror fan, it's someone that is now solidifying their self in the genre, how important was it for you to finish Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Street one year? Uh, I personally think this year has been a bigger year for me than the first year was. Mm. Um, you say like 32 films, and yeah. it's like you say, I think a lot of listeners would laugh at that, but I am, to reiterate, not a huge film watcher. Yeah. More so now, and I've noticed this recently actually, like my go-to thing, if me and my wife aren't watching a particular series, yeah. I've always been a bigger fan of like box sets, you know, and good, t- good TV series yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But if I'm left to my own devices nowadays, I find myself drifting towards films, mm-hmm. and I find myself drifting towards horror films, and it, it really is my go-to thing now. Um, like on my Sky thing, you know, I've got all the Sky channels, straight to movies, straight to horror. And if there's nothing there, I'll maybe go and have a look at what they had recently kind of thing, you know, and maybe watch a few other things. Um, and for folk to say. I just think, see when you're watching them fucking back to back, and I've got to say, I watched most of these films twice. You did, yeah. Because I would watch them the first time and I would tweet my reaction to them, because a lot of the listeners like that, you know, oh my god, look, he's shit himself, or that's that bit, you know, and they go off from that and that's fine, that's what we're here to do. But that does detract a bit from the film, mm-hmm. so what I found that I was doing was watching it a second time just to immerse myself in it so I got the film because mm-hmm. um, certain ones you know when you're, when you're typing and you're, you know, you're fucking about in iPads and stuff like that and you're missing what's going on there like, alright right, I know what's going on but you just you'll, it breaks your concentration mm-hmm. takes you out of that the whole experience um, this year I think last year was fun mm-hmm. Because I didn't, everything was fucking different. Every fucking month was different. Yeah. And there was a, a guarantee, I couldn't actually tell you, but I guarantee there was less films last year. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But by no. quite a bit, by, well, you imagine that we did, right, we did 12 months yeah. of Basley Horror. We did, for 11 of those months, we did one movie. Right. Right, so those are, and we didn't even do a full 11 months of Bazvi Horror. So imagine we did 10. Yeah. 
And then we covered... 10 in October. 10 in October, right, so there's 20. Yeah. And we did a commentary, so there's 21. 21. So we have done 11 more this year as a standard. And that's assuming we did one Baz v Horror every month. I think we did actually. I think the Grave Encounters commentary was Baz v Horror 12. Uh-huh. So I think that I think that maybe just tipped into that, and I think technically speaking, we're on Baz v Horror twenty three, moving on to the next one, which means we've only done eleven shows again. But the content of those shows, when you're doing three movies, one show. I mean, we did the we did parts two, three, and four of uh, Friday the Thirteenth. The following show, we did parts four, five, six, seven, and eight. So there's four movies in one show, and then we did nine, ten, um, and the remake, the next show. So I think the thing is that whilst we covered what were logical chapters, yeah. we're doing a lot more movies per show. So we're not doing just right. This is Baz do this movie. This is Baz do this movie. We're doing this is Baz do a series of movies. So we may have recorded. Less Baz V Horror episodes, but more films. But more films per episode, and like I say, that's that's in theory. The bottom line is that's great. Yeah. There's more content. There's more people going. Oh, this is Baz tackling my favourite franchise and all this. How sustainable that is moving forward? I don't know. There's certainly a bit of length left, and obviously it will tail off at some point. Eventually, eventually. The terms of franchise is certainly. I think eventually, oh, there's tons of franchises, but I think eventually it's not going to be Baz v Horror, it's going to be Baz Talks Horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're not going to be facing off against it as a novice. When you have two major franchises behind your belt, you've already covered sub, some subgenres. I think when you've got a grasp of the majority of subgenres, you're no longer a novice, you yeah. are a fan. Yeah. And we've always spoke about this. You are a fan of horror movies. There are whole pools out there where you have no knowledge oh, yeah, of at yeah. all. And we're going to, as part of the show, and I admit it myself, as even a, a seasoned hardcore horror fan, there are certain subgenres that I know maybe one movie of and I've never watched anything yeah. else of. There are certain cultures that put in movies. J horror, I have a grasp on. I don't have a like an overarching knowledge, knowledge of. Yeah. Italian horror I like to consider myself a semi-expert on because I know a lot of that genre French horror I know quite a bit American horror I know loads of British horror I know loads of but there are horror genres popping out all over the world that I am still the novice on that in fairness I think that the show that the idea of Bass at Horror High is to instead of trying to pit you against horror head on head was to give you grading on your review. Teach me. Yeah. It's this idea of grading your review. How well did you understand what the movie was trying to put forward and how well did you enjoy it? Did your case and in some cases you come back to me and said, Oh, did you know by the way that that killing using some sort of twisty leather device. Do you know that he twists it, he twists it clockwise one and at the very end... That was another one, I was like, that bad, I've seen that movie legitimately about nine times, <laughs> had never fucking noticed it. Watched it after that and I was like, he totally twists it the other way. So there are things, the beauty of this this particular idea which is birthday is, and a lot, of, and, and for a lot of our listeners as well, we live vicariously through your opinions of movies being removed from the era that they were made. But at the same point, 
you have a very critical eye. You know, your reviews dissect almost scene by scene what happens, where most of us, you know how I roll here. Yeah. I have very little notes in the way of anything. I have notes for this show because I need to remember what you've done. But generally in a show, I have no notes. I watch a movie, I talk about it. You have extensive notes because you cover what happens in a movie. You point at things I've never noticed before. You point at things that are that have actually in the past changed my opinion. Why does the, why does a character say that? That makes no fucking sense. Grave Encounters Two being the prime example, and we're going to touch on this just slightly here. Well, you, talk you see before it's, it's weird because I can barely remember that film. I, I think I, I ended up getting far too drunk. When oh, watched that. like Jerry Esposito listing the ten things he learned from the commentary. Yeah, and I, I one don't of the remember. Things, it was a brilliant post, but I barely remember most of what you were talking about. But Jerry, you, do, you went on a huge diatribe about why Lance Cutney's hair makes no fucking sense. And to be honest with you, that was so incidental I'd forgotten about it. And then you mentioned it, and while we were watching it, I was like, how did he? Why does his hair look so good? He cut it himself in a mirror and it took two minutes. This makes no fucking sense. So yeah, I mean, there, there are occasions where you have mentioned something and I'm like that. Actually, Baz is raised... Because you're not like... By the time I'd watched Friday the 13th Part 6, I'd already seen parts 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5. But when I go to 6, I'm like, I know what's happening. Over a period of time, not like, like back to back. You kind of just expect it to be ludicrous, but when someone then sits there, having watched the previous movie a couple of days before, and then says, this doesn't fit, this doesn't make sense, why is this character doing this, this is not keeping with the canon and all the rest, you get to a point where you start to question why movies, to an extent, get a free pass on certain things, mm-hmm. and they do, and that, that I'm the first one to admit it, as a, a seasoned hardcore horror fan, that grew up watching 80s horror, 90s horror, 2000s horror, like decade on decade. Certain movies do get a pass from me. I've said it before, when you questioned, when you said to me, the remake, and in both cases, the remake of Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street score high with you. I think the Nightmare on Elm Street remake is a fucking abomination. Yep, I know. The Nightmare on Elm Street not the, the Friday the 13th remake I don't really like I don't hate it but I don't like it but I really dug it you really dug it when you were like that I'm like that well this makes no sense you're like that I bet you forgave that in the fifth movie and I'm like I did forgive that in that movie you know but why don't you forgive it in this movie the thing that I judge it on and it's not fair enough I'm, I, I set the goalposts at a level which are so ridiculous but I'm like that that movie was made in the 80s that movie was made in the 80s 80s writing and directing style and all the rest is ludicrous this is now a modern film and it's played by 80s rules and it shouldn't play by 80s rules but if anything the director is trying to emulate that vibe that he had of the 80s so I should let it off and I can't though I can't because I watch it and I go I have seen so many movies that year that Nightmare on Elm Street come out that were gritty hard great acting all the rest the 80s do have those movies but they're so inconsistent that I find it difficult had the 80s been full of movies like Excision or The Woman or you know then I'd be sitting there going this movie's fucking shit look how ridiculous it is but it's not the 80s were all about but this is almost my phrase on deck though yeah I'm here I'm like this wee voice on your shoulder going like I'll be dunking you it's balance you know what I mean exactly and that's what the thing is but it's coming back to your original question here I think that 
the thing I take away from this second year after the first year, and you did some hardcore. I was, in the first I year. was just pretty, yeah, because particularly the, the, the listeners were throwing shit at me, like just. They were throwing hard movies yeah. at me. They were throwing movies that scared them, and that's what yeah. they want to do. If, I'm, if you say to me, recommend a scary movie, mm. one of the first words that comes out of my mouth is wreck. Yeah. Because wreck scared the bejesus at me, but I, that's because I'm hardcore and wreck is a hardcore oh, horror movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As you said to me, um, I know next to nothing about horror, I could have recommended something on the lower end that might have scared you without going so difficult. Yeah. I mean, I came out of that first year thinking, you know, I did quite well. I didn't feel I was a horror fan at the end of the first year. Yeah. I had enjoyed that, you know, well. I'd enjoyed about half of what I saw. 50%. Some of them were fucking appalling. Some but of them that was the point. Yeah. It was the point. But some what, of them were bad. News. It was what we were aiming at, you know, and, and, and some of them were bad. Some of them are quite good, but just a horrible fucking genre. And, you know, but come on, August come Underground is a shit. That, movie. There's nothing good about that fucking yeah, film. Yeah, there's nothing It's there's a nothing. shit film. It's a shit attempt at a fairly dodgy genre. Yeah. There have been some good films in that genre that it tried to emulate and just fucking feel that. Everybody involved with that film should be shot. Fuck there you. was no. The, the beauty I love about this one, even the Serbian film, is that year two of Bad Serbian Horror, film has its merits. Not many, but there are some there. Yeah, there are, but I would say to you that the beauty of Basley Horror year two is there was no Serbian film or August Underground not yes. in terms of subject matter but just there was no movie that at the end of it you were like this is a shit movie but there was in year two there was nothing oh show them that that's fucking disgusting exactly, exactly. and that's the kind of word that would you that's disgusting that yeah. film there was quite a few of them you had Serbian film you had August Underground you had Cannibal Holocaust there was films yeah, like that I think Cannibal Holocaust is, uh, we've, we've had this discussion many times I think Cannibal Holocaust if I had to grade that movie I'd give it a 5 out of 5 and it's not because I think the subject matter is great the subject matter is uncomfortable to me but I genuinely think that movie speaks to the time period it came out and it yes. has, a, it has a, a very strong Social political message at its heart. Yes, it's exploitative as fuck. By the way, Baz is showing me the crown <laughs> bottle just now. We're done at less than a quarter, and we are two hours into this recording. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to bed after this. Um, but, <laughs> um, the thing about those movies, and that's only the third can of cold <laughs> 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 The thing about those movies is though that Cannibal Holocaust to me rates highly because the subject matter itself. The importance of that movie. There is no movie that makes me feel the way that Cannibal Holocaust makes me feel. And, and it, for its time as well, it was hugely yeah. original. Yes, oh god, yeah. We hadn't, we hadn't touched cannibals at that point, you know, and it was a new to the list fighting folk with cannibals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point I'm getting to is that the, the, some of those films, they're, they're just kind of fucking disgusting. The second year wasn't like that. No. Second year, there's a lot of fucking bad films in the second year. There's no getting by that. We were tackling yeah. the arse end of one franchise. Yeah. And the entirety of another, and these are 80s, well, what, 80s in air quotes franchises. 80s horror franchises. There's a reason, I keep coming back to this, there's a reason that 90s horror suffered so much. There are good movies out there, but the reason it's not as prolific, people don't talk about the 90s the same way they talk about the 80s or the 2000s or whatever. The reason behind that is that the titles, the, the franchises that ran... Into the 90s. Several movies too yeah. long in the 90s basically killed Kill that it, genre. Yeah. They go to camp, 
They go too comedic. They try and take Duncan. I genuinely think you're giving them too much. They're just shite. I, I don't think. But the thing is, I don't even like we we spoke about this before. Like when I look at uh, like a Friday the Thirteenth part, even though the one the ones that you hate. If I look at uh, Jason Goes to Hell, which you came in with with this resolute vibe. Of the title is Jason Goes to Hell. It's a reinvention. They're going to take him to hell. He's going to fight the devil. Exactly. And you watch that movie and that's never happened. Fucking shite. When I watch that movie, I see Clayton Duke as a character who's one of the greatest fucking characters in a slasher genre ever. The bounty hunter that breaks people's arms to get off on it. Or sorry, breaks people's fingers. Yeah. And gets off on that sort of sadistic play. You know, I'll bring you the... And quoting... Quoting straight at the Jaws handbook, I bring you the mask, you know, like, the, ah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the machete, the mask, the whole, when, when I hear that, makes me smile, because I grew up watching all those movies for a guy to start quoting things loosely related to other movies, but within a, a particular franchise, I love that, that, that to me is great, is it a great movie, I think Jason Goes to Hell, as much as you hated it, I have a lot of time for it, it's a sh- I'm the first one to put my hands up, it's a shit movie shot badly the <laughs> acting isn't great the story's fucking the effects are honking bad but as the ninth instalment of a Friday the 13th movie coming off of Jason Takes Manhattan which is appalling awful yeah that movie the fact that that movie exists the fact that anything exists beyond that point blows my mind and the fact that they come back and it's a movie that vastly doesn't have Jason in it. Jason exists through other characters, which is shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it exists and we get a, a Jason rebirth scene and just like over that, I, I can imagine writers just fucking, just how do we explain this? Oh, it fucking comes out of dead vagina. You know what I mean? These sort of things, you'll just come up with anything. I would love to be a fly on the wall to that and when I saw it I don't hear it is that Erin Gray's lovely vagina that was that film she, right? yeah yeah and you were you were besotted by that if anything is going to crawl up her vagina it's going to be me <laughs> it's Erin Gray man but uh, there are elements yeah it's when Carlo Will Madeering <laughs> when the, the thing, climbing inside that fucking shiny spandex it's me <laughs> sir the thing that got me is we did Nightmare on Elm Street which is a franchise that I have made no secret of I am not a big fan you've of. always said that yeah I like the first three movies yeah that's it maybe at a push New Nightmare I like yeah. with the, I like the ideas in New, New Nightmare but what I like better great is great premise what I like about it I like Scream and Wes Craven to me is trying out loads of ideas and you know to go and make Scream and then they make Scream and he's he's polished he's like he's almost like the plaster are plastering your walls and he does this first kind of coat over and it's all rough and then he smooths it off and then the, the second attempt you know that second finish when he stands back and looks at it is so smooth and pristine that that to me is Scream and you don't know took Freddy out the equation that's what he did I mean he because did yeah, it held on to Freddy and yeah. to hit yeah. a new generation. Yeah, you need to take it because a lot of the folk that went to see Scream had seen Freddy films. Yeah, but there's a good fucking chance they'd seen all the shit Freddy films. Yeah, and Freddy was just a fucking joke. Yeah, yeah. Because by the end of fucking eight, and in my opinion, nine, it was yeah, a yeah. fucking joke. Yeah, when you watch, when you watch Scream, to me, Scream is. 
In my opinion, the Scream lessens over time. I, I really think Scream 2 is the better movie out of the two, and I know people will be shouting at their devices right now. Scream to me is monumentally important in 90s horror because it is the adrenaline shot in the heart of the dying fucking <laughs> overdose patient. Um, Why more so than the first one, though? No, that's what I mean. Scream is. Is that. Oh, right, sorry, yeah, right, yeah, okay, yeah. Scream yeah, reboots yeah. horror. Yeah. Scream comes out in 1996. From 1996 onwards to now, horror is a genre that year on year is bigger. Yes. More releases, more on TV. Since it's transferred over to TV, it's fucking even bigger. And it's all channels dedicated. It is a cultural movement now where people 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 that watch The Walking Dead, the vast majority of people that watch The Walking Dead are not horror fans. Absolutely, my wife is not a horror fan, she loves The Walking Dead. Exactly, but it's a, she is essentially watching a programme about fucking zombies. I would disagree. I would no. say she's watching a drama that is set in a horror environment. It's people surviving zombies, and the more this we... Is a drama. But we are going to watch... Night of the Living Dead we are going to watch Dawn of the Dead we are going to watch fucking Day of the Dead movies that set the benchmark for horror in the zombie category we're going to watch these movies we're going to watch the Romero trilogy down the line and you tell me when watching those movies it is not a group of people trying to survive the zombie apocalypse because that's what each of those movies are characterisation well you have a movie you have the Walking Dead has the bonus of having, apart from the first season, 13 to 16 episode seasons. So that's almost 10 hours yeah. of TV to develop characters. A movie that's an hour and a half doesn't have that. That doesn't yeah, necessarily mean you're not... still can develop yeah, character. There, that doesn't mean that you don't have an invested interest. And watching, especially Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead, watching those movies, in Dawn of the Dead you are stuck with a group of surviving people in a mall which is under siege by zombies and how their different almost social-political attitudes converge. You have people that wouldn't exist together no. had it not been a, a zombie apocalypse. And Romero arguably does it better than any director of having a political point at the end of it. Every movie. and You can argue... Like, fuck with me right now that Night of the Living Dead doesn't... I know Romero has said that it's incidental that at the end of that movie there is a racial message. He has said in just as many interviews that that was deliberate, so fuck you. Um, just, like, people latch onto that and, oh, well, Romero said... Read the fucking interviews. As many times as Romero has said it was an accident, he said it's planned. And that's who Romero is. Romero is constantly the guy that is fucking shaking up yes, the political landscape uh-huh. horror, horror making. There's just as much as that. Uh, Walking Dead does not exist without George A. Romero. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. And it, it, is, it is an extended universe almost of what he has set out in his movies. To say that... I think if, Robert Kirkman, who wrote it, he... I, I've never seen the films... Yeah, yeah. Not a band at all. So it must have been influenced. Must have been influenced. He must have seen yeah. those fucking films. Yeah, yeah, must have been influenced. Because it's talk about zombies. That's where it started. Yeah. I've never even seen them, but I know that's where it fucking yeah, started. Yeah. He was clearly a guy that grew up watching these films, loved them, yeah. and wanted to write a comic about it. 
you just happen to write a really good fucking comic yeah. about them. Yeah, yeah. And from what I have read of the comics, and I'm, I've only ever read the first four volumes, of them, which is ruined about season, end of season three. Yeah, yeah. I've never read any further because I was enjoying the telly so much I didn't want to ruin it for myself. Yeah, yeah. That's what he fucking did. That came from somewhere. Yeah. It obviously came from watching these fucking films. Yeah. He didn't invent this fucking thing himself. Do you know what I mean? So when, of course when, they came from there. When characters die the way they die in The Walking Dead, there is no way that you can't say that those scenes are horror. Mm. Right now, it might take three episodes to end up with a character being eviscerated. Yeah. But that to me is no different than an hour and a half movie where it's a slow burn for the first hour and then shit kicks off in the last half. And you slot. Exactly. The, the the genius of that show is patenting itself as the drama that you're talking about, which is people surviving. Like watching the movie Monsters, we've talked about this before. And yes. Monsters is a movie where it's people going from one place to another place. It just so happens that the background purely in that environment. It's you know, the background is surrounded by alien fucking giant tentacle monsters that are destroying the world. Yeah. That's the backdrop in which that, that story is set. That's a valid point, I would give. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm that, that, there, yeah. But that's the genius of that show is if you watch that show about zombies and you go and chat to people at the water cooler or work and they then tell you, Oh you're watching that, you, you should watch this. It's a gateway. Yeah. And as a result of that, there are, as a result of The Walking Dead, and you could, once again, people can argue with me till they're blue in the face, the success of shows like Dexter and The Walking Dead have opened up this huge, and American Horror Story, have opened up this huge fucking bubble which shows like Hannibal exist, which would never, Bates Motel exist, which would never have existed. Um, and they're still going on with them. All these ideas, there's going to be an American cycle. TV show, there's going to be an Omen TV show that's coming really soon, Salem, which deals with witches. All these shows are now birthed out of this interest in people that want to watch, whether it's fringe or directly horror TV at their show, you know, at their house. They want to watch these shows at their house. You came in, the funny thing about this. Sorry, I'm going to jump in. I have a question for you right, yeah. right here, right now. Uh-huh. Is The Walking Dead. Horror, horror, the, the whole horror world is that is Nirvana, and I mean, is that it's never mind. That was the album that broke punk into the yeah, fucking yeah, mainstream. Yeah, Nirvana's never mind was a punk album, a fucking left wing fucking alternative punk album, yeah, yeah. and there was girls dancing and fucking discos to it. Yeah. Is the Walking Dead done? Has the Walking Dead done that? Has it really blown it away? Don't get, I am a, I'm an obsessive historian on like punk and alternative rock, American alternative rock bands yeah. like R.E.M. and stuff like that. Never mind blew it fucking open. At that point, it was alright to go. I lost the pedal jam. Yeah. Soundgarden. And that was okay. Yeah. Your wee pal that listened to the fucking Backstreet Boys, it was okay. Because when I was at school, you hated those cunts yeah. and they fucking thought you were weird and hated you. Yeah. Is it, is it, right, well, let me put it this way. There are the two biggest grossing TV shows in terms of viewers, yeah. episode on episode, currently, as of 2015, are people that watch The Walking Dead and people that watch Game of Thrones. Right. Those are the two biggest. They're both season, genre specific. Yeah, their season premieres and their season vina- uh, finales break records. Yeah. Every season. So if you ask me, is The Walking Dead the show that breaks horror to the mainstream? Yes. 
100%. There's no way I can argue with that. There is no other medium currently that puts horror over to the masses like The Walking Dead. But the beauty of The Walking Dead is The Walking Dead is is sneaky in that it gives you enough of a drama to make you think you're not watching a horror show until that horror thing. You were talking about watching... um, Earlier you were talking about watching something like uh, Chained. Chained. Yes, Chained. And you were saying that when you watch that, it can be mundane to a bit, but then there's an element that happens that reminds you what you're watching. in a bad place here, I. The Walking Dead does exactly the same. For every Rick agonising about a decision and being stuck in a prison, there is a scene where the governor is trying to take the prison with a giant army, slicing yeah, the yeah, head yeah. off someone. It reminds you what you're watching. And the beauty of that show is it almost makes you complacent to what you're watching. You're almost watching that drama of people trying to survive that you forget what they're surviving from. That when the element of what they're surviving from comes up and hits you in the face, you're reminded. It reminds you that you're watching watching a horror programme. The show tempers that quite well. I'm I'm a bit behind. I've not started the new season yet. Neither Um, have I. Up, I know people that are telling me I need to watch it and I need to catch up and I will but that show that show is the catalyst and I would say Dexter before it Dexter really ingratiates this idea of it is okay to cheer someone dis, you know yeah. dissecting and almost disemboweling someone see I, I would say Dexter with the Iron Maiden they introduced them in the mainstream. Dexter, Dexter yeah. is so ahead of its time, it's yeah. unbelievable. When I think about it, I was, I was a very late coming to Dexter, I've seen the whole thing now. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was seeing I started one. watching it, you were finishing it. Yeah, I, 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 I saw season one the year it came but out. And Dexter I had never seen, I'd never seen my fucking mind. anything like Dexter when it came out. And the funny thing about Dexter is when you look at Dexter then and you look about what's happening in Hannibal Hannibal season 1 Hannibal dissects Eddie Izzard's character in front of him taking his his organs out and which is one of the most horrific scenes oh here is your liver and you're watching it going this is fucking unreal Hannibal is Dexter on crack and but that's what I mean Hannibal but does not exist a really good fucking crack all <laughs> his tits on crack Hannibal doesn't I'm exist I'm going to fucking slay you doesn't exist without Dexter no. and there are all these shows that are almost the stepping stones to where we are now you but that's going to be like the numbers that Dexter pulled in there Dexter. must have been some, somebody that produced Hannibal must have gone like that they are pulling in X amount of million of fucking viewers we can afford to reduce that and still have a fucking core viewership. But the thing is, I, I think you find if you look at it, Dexter on average per episode was a couple of million because it was on a, a pay-only streaming service. Showtime was a, a pay-only channel, right. much like HBO in the States. A couple of million, which is a huge success for them. On NBC, that's a loss. Right. Hannibal was getting two and a half to three million per episode, which is what Dexter was getting. But... That doesn't equate to the same as a TV show. Yeah. Um, the reason that the reason I focus on that is you. I don't have, even know. I can't even know this question. No, 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 well, the reason I mention this is that almost you have come up in the last year anyway. Horror has been at its, its biggest height since the eighties. It's the most popular. It's been culturally speaking. It's huge. People that 
would not generally admit they're into horror have seen The Walking Dead or watching something horror based yeah, television has certainly owned up yeah, to yeah. a lot more and people that yeah. have not are not horror fans yes. of doing that quotation marks have seen something horror based that recently that prime example yeah so you've come up in that but you have been submerged almost um, into watching specific franchise horror the, the, the powerhouse franchises if tomorrow a Friday the 13th movie is released, regardless what the overall money it makes is, and the first weekend it makes its money back and more, if Freddy Krueger has a new movie in A Nightmare on Elm Street tomorrow, that movie makes in its first weekend more than the movie costs to make yeah. and more. Doesn't make much more after that, that's what the remake showed us, that those names alone are bankable. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that in the next couple of years we are getting a new Friday the 13th movie we're getting a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie we're getting a new Halloween movie the Michael Myers Jason Voorhees we're getting a new fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre prequel we're getting Leatherface See, do you never fucking think like god fucking come up with something new like, I do they've be Saw I do you know what I mean it is but there. look at what happened to Saw yeah like it went the way every other franchise does. It went the way every other franchise was in less time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but they could do that. By part five, that movie was what Paranormal Activity as well. You see that they came out in much quicker time than the first. You think that, but that's not the case. Friday, and we found out doing Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the 13th year on year the movies came out yeah eventually it became two years between the movies but it wasn't until something like Jason Goes to Hell that the movies had dropped in such a, such a, a money making market that I just didn't have the power I didn't have the clout anymore so by part 5 was already losing money by part 6 had lost more money by part 7 it was dead right. less time year on year Paranormal Activity by part 3 was already losing money part 4 lost more money Mark 1's lost more money the new, one the new one that's come out had a one week run in the cinema in the USA it's currently doing the cinema over here straight to VOD right after the first week have we actually missed that? it's at the cinema just then right we need to go with that do we? <laughs> the reason I say that is that it's now at the stage where it's even that franchise died off pretty well. Uh, in fairness, it's not a film that has to be seen in the big screen, so possibly we don't need to go. There's a, there's a cultural shift. Franchises lasted longer in the 80s because if you want to see that movie, you have to go to the cinema. Yeah. Because there took, was less of them as well, I suppose. Took a year. Oh, there's loads of franchises in the 80s. Sleepaway Camp, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hellraiser, Leprechaun. You know, there's, 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 there's loads yeah, of them. Okay. Yep, the yep, difference yep. being is that there's no click on a computer, right click, download file, watch. When you watch it now, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's difficult for a franchise to last that long. So ultimately the question is, can franchises have longevity? My answer is that yes, the Wreck franchise, even though the fourth one was a slight disappointment, the Wreck franchise to me is one of them. Oh no, it was shite. I don't think it was shite. Mm. We spoke about this before. I watched it a second time. I didn't eat it as much as the first. I need to see it again because I've watched it once now. I didn't. I didn't dislike it. The first time I watched, it, I was like, "This isn't great." The second time Way I watched, it, I was like, "I was like, actually, this isn't bad." But those four movies to me are a greater four movies than. Friday the 13th and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, 
Yeah, the first, the first two were fucking brilliant. I know people don't like the third. I thought the third was fucking third amazing. one's great as well. So I, the, the only one I genuinely didn't like was the fourth. But the fourth one takes a dip for me, but yeah. that doesn't it doesn't detract from those four movies. And that's a close franchise. Those four yeah, movies yeah, are a franchise yeah. better than most. One of the best. And I think you see though, Wreck Five, the fish demon is going to be shite. <laughs> There'll be never be a rate five. They've said there'll never be a rate five. And to their credit, they said when they made the second movie, they were like that. Directors are going to split up. One's going to do one movie, one's going to do another. And they've stuck to that. And fair play to them. That's great. But we look at the movies that you've covered, which is a long way of getting to this conversation. And that's because there's no listener questions. But we look at the movies that you've covered. The movies that you've covered, like I say, mostly franchise-based. Yes. However, you covered some out with the franchise. Yeah. And I think we said earlier on that probably one of the greatest recording experiences that we had this year was doing The Lost Ones, which isn't a franchise oh, horror. Oh, It's a one-off horror movie. Um, it gets in, gets out, hour and a half, does what it needs to do, finishes, rides off into the sunset. We did a quirky... Show a first. We are going to do more. I'm going to go back and open the options for for more suggestions on that that you would like to see us cover the loved ones and that style. It's safe to say you love the loved ones. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film itself. I, I, it's an odd film, but I, it really appealed to me. I thought it was great. Listening back to that show, the one funny thing that came away from it was you trying to agonise exactly where it fits in. Horror-wise, yeah, almost yeah, like yeah. a Tetris puzzle. You had this one part that didn't quite fit in yeah. any of the any of what was there, and you said to me, "Well, is it? What is it? Is it, is it a torture porn movie?" Because I was thinking it was a torture porn movie, but then I was thinking maybe it's a dark comedy. But then I'm not sure if it's a dark comedy. And I, me, say to you, "Well, first and foremost, it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's more a comedy than anything else. Where does it go?" Um, I don't know. So, so uh, tell me about the recording experience for the loved ones. It, it was a, it was an odd experience. Before I'm going to go into that, I'm going to actually mention what on, I'm running the Twitter account, obviously for the the, the podcast. And um, fairly recently, um, one of the accounts that we follow is uh, an account called Gorder. Yeah. Or I'm not sure if that's the actual account name, but Gorder and Jim. And it's a, a girl who I think is living in the Far East of Australia or somewhere like that now. And she'd put up on her blog this list of uh, kind of Australian horror films and stuff like that that she digged. And uh, I'd go and I'd actually seen quite a lot of them, you know. And, uh, the thing is, that's one of those, like the Australian horror subgenre is one that's emerging more now. Yeah, and as a result of that, you've seen some of the big titles. I've not seen a bad one. And I, yeah. I think that's why I genuinely hold Australian horror up because I've not seen any shit one yet. I, I'm sure they're there, but all the ones I've seen, I thought are fucking great. And I'd said to them, you know, I've the podcast, loved what I've seen, um, and you know, just really enjoyed them. And you know, she came back and she was saying something about yeah, the, the loved ones, and she mentioned I'd mentioned Wormwood, mm-hmm. and what really this really fucking jumped me. She's like, listen, I'm just going to watch the. She replied back and said, eh, she's going to watch the trailer for Wormwood. Looks fucking amazing. Going to check it out. And Wormwood was actually one of the ones I watched at home. Yeah, I bought that myself and watched it. Kind of thing, you know, yeah. And I, yeah, I thought it was great. Thought it was great. It is a good movie. Yeah. So Goddard, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> it's a great fucking film. 
Um, but she mentioned the loved ones as well, and um, the the whole experience of recording it was just my favourite. It was just it was the outtakes sum up. Like, yeah, that's what that night was about. Yeah, yeah. Um, the film itself. It, oh god, it fucking. <laughs> even now I struggle to describe it's. It's not a fucking amazing film that you just love, but it's really good. It is, yeah. <laughs> and there's bits of it that are fucking horrible and really uncomfortable, and you don't like. I don't even like the fucking the guy in it. The yeah. one that's getting. He's a dick! He's not a nice guy. He kind of brought it on himself. Don't give it all. He doesn't deserve what happened to him. But even the guy. You don't root for him. Yeah. Half he's going like, fucking just stab him, mate. <laughs> fucking stab him in the neck. And then you're like, but you're a fucking cow and your dad's a dick. Yeah. And you just hate everybody. But there's a... There's a slight level of surrealism in it that appeals to me. I do quite like little bits of surrealism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd never seen Twin Peaks, but I had actually seen Firewalk with me years yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah, I you saying that, actually. And, um... I was quite into Lynch at the time. I liked uh, Wild at Heart yeah. and, and films like that. So I'd seen films like that that are kind of odd and a bit twisted, mm. and that appeals to me. Mm. Firebolt, me, I, I can't wait to get back to it because I've, I've watched, not, not quite finished yet, but I've seen the first season, I've seen over half of the second season. Oh, right, you're quite so a bit I'm well yeah, yeah. in Twin Peaks. Now, it's not the greatest piece of television out, but it gets me. Season and two, I season like two it, does takes a, a, it takes a bit of a weird twist. It's about this point I'm at that's starting to veer away. It gets, towards the end, the last couple of episodes, bring it back wholly, mm. but the, the, there was a, a misunderstanding, not a misunderstanding, David Lynch thought that he had a TV show that would run for seasons and seasons. So it was trying to expand a story out Whereas, yeah, the ultimately what I was doing was trying to contract it. Yeah. He was trying to expand the story, and the studio was like, "Actually, people are not interested." Let's now. bring it back. Let's bring it back. Yeah, yeah. So he was forced in the last couple of episodes to try and write an ending, which works incredibly well at the end. But there's a big bit of season two that doesn't. Well, see, what I liked about the loved ones was it has this bonkersness about it. Mm-hmm. But it, it does keep it contained. You know where it's going. Yeah, it's essentially a kidnap slash torture type fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the fun we you pitched to me what we're going to do them live and all listen. Different. I'm all, I'm all on fucking board for doing this, Duncan. But we'll do it. We'll see how it turns out, kind of thing. And, and it was it was just fucking hilarious. I mean, I'm literally trying to speak and I can't. Yeah. And I know you get this, I'm not a kind of guy like that. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 but the, I just summarise everything that yeah, went on that if, if you've never heard that episode and you can't be fucked, go and listen to the last 10, 15 minutes yeah, of episode, it. Fi- episode 59 and listen to the last three and a half minutes yeah. of that show where we put a, a, a collection of outtakes from that show. I've never laughed that much recording anything. But in fairness, all the stupid shit we were pulling was based on the film. Aye. And it all comes for there. And yeah. Looking back, I genuinely love that film. It's not one I would share with my wife. Yes. <laughs> for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. It's a fucked up, weird ass little film, but this is what I keep saying. See this whole antipode in like Australia and New Zealand kind of horror? 
their films are all a little bit fucking. Yeah, they're not off. odd. They're just off the dial. They're, they're, they're bit unique that to their like, country. That's really fucking weird. But that was great. Yeah, they're, they're like even you, Wolf Creek. Wolf, Wolf Creek, Creek is essentially yeah. a fucking serial killer movie. Yeah, but. Particularly the first one you land on, this is going to fucking turn out, and then it just gets really visceral. Yeah. The second one's a little bit more action movie, but it's enough to go, no, I've seen the first one, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing, exactly? You know what I mean? And it, great films. Yeah. Fucking great films. Um, the Southern fucking Hemisphere have got it on fucking point when it comes to horror. Definitely. Um, and I would never have known that had it not been for this podcast, but I just. I love it and Goddard that little fucking list you put together love not get I think I'd seen about four out of five or something like that I thought they were great Yeah, she hadn't seen Wormwood film I loved Mm -hmm. brilliant Um, but yeah Australian New Zealand horror they for me really fucking nail it nowadays because they've got that wee odd eccentricity about it they just even if you're into that fucking genre you're just like what the fuck is this about you know and it Keep shooting the back foot, and to me, that's what horror's about. You should not be comfortable sitting watching a horror film. No. It's the fucking antithesis of what it's all about. Mm. You should feel a bit fucking weird, and and that's the ones that get me. And I mean, you're talking about Australian horror movies, just in general, yeah. like landing and having a, a, a resonance with you. We did Baz v Halloween this year. Yes. And arguably the one that connected with you the most was an Australian horror movie in Lake Mungo. Amazing film. You, I mean, since Fucking amazing. Since film. you've reviewed that, I don't, I don't, I don't want to stress the importance of this podcast, you know. But since you're doing this, there many people that have now bought and checked out that movie yeah. because they were like myself beforehand, quite hesitant to check out the movie because been a lot of buzz about it um, and having checked out that movie realised I mean that movie is really f- I didn't have the same impact on myself as it did with you but when I finished that movie it came back to I think the overarching point of this show is if you have good actors and a yeah. good story in a movie when those good actors and good stories are trying are trying to put over a point which is horror based it will resonate more than shit actors uh, with a shit story and that I mean, movie shit actors with a good story or good yeah, actors with a shit story. shit story there needs to be that connection of both and I think the thing that landed specifically with that movie was I mean I watched it the same night that you watched it yeah. we're watching it about the same time yes my copy finished and within a couple of minutes you sent me a text saying that you would not leave your couch yeah. to switch the light on and I was laughing yeah I was laughing when I read that message I thought it was funny as fuck the importance of that message is that I mean I think what we've what we've always wanted from Basby Horror as a as a part as a part of the show is that since watching Poughkeepsie and your opinion of Poughkeepsie, you know yeah. I you know don't, don't want my family to leave the house. Up. Yeah, yeah, totally messed up. We've not had that. You watch the last broadcast and you tell me that the last broadcast was almost like a precursor because that movie hit you in the way that I hoped it would hit you but in a way that I never expected yeah. and then for you to jump right into Lake Mungo and be like that by the way this terrified ever yeah, Mungo fucked me up Absolutely. And I, I love that Mungo was the nearest I think I've had to Poughkeepsie yeah definitely um, the, what got me about it was like, my friend Gay here he would um, he emails me at work and stuff you know and what you been up to 
Oh, I'm fucking. I hadn't spoken to him that much at the time because October or well for us really <laughs> September leading into yeah. October was full on. It was yeah. You're working. You've been home. I'm watching a film. Recording. Going to work. Coming home. Recording the film. Watching the night before. And it was it was it was full on, you know. And I'd seen that, and so I'm saying, "He's lad, you seen it? Indies and stuff. I'm fucking optimizing it with the podcast. It's just horror films. And listen, if you get the chance to check out a film and you're interested, like Mungo, mm-hmm. check out a fine footage horror film. Not get it, mate. It's fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like and Mark, it, I wouldn't say Mark was necessarily a horror fan in the way you are, but he is a guy that's seen a lot of horror films yeah. over the years. And you know he'd stand up against the best of them kind of thing. He wasn't a novice like me, by any means, not an obsessive like yourself and some of the listeners. But guy had seen horror films mm-hmm. and, he, and he quite likes them. Um, and I just got this text about three days later. I think it was after the weekend. I think he'd obviously maybe gone away. And over the weekend he downloaded this thing or got a copy or whatever, checked it out, and uh, I came into this fucking email one like, that. yeah, checked out like Mungo. Fucking thanks very much, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, the frightened you can I was like, I watched it on my fucking own, it was terrifying. Yeah. And like I say, Mark, like all these films I've never seen, Mark's seen them all over the years. It's atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that film freaked the fuck out. That film was amazing and it scared the shit out of me, but I, I looked forward to watching it yeah. again. It does. There's a level of atmosphere about the movie yeah. that a lot a lot of horror movies rely on that build up and scare and build up and scare. Yeah. There is an unsettling vibe throughout Lake Mungo which is built through See when you watch a horror movie, the horror movie you're following the characters, it builds up to a point and then there's a scare. Yeah. Lake Mungo is built on the fact that when you revisit something you've already seen, there is something in it which, under closer examination, will scare you. You haven't seen. Fucking genius! You've already seen everything in that movie. You've you, every photo, every video clip you have seen in that movie until the last half an hour, when it then starts saying. But when we focus in on this part, there's a neighbour uh-huh. in the room, and it's non-stop. And it, it, one like a scene after another. So when that ending hits you, and you start seeing all the photos that you have dismissed because they've been proved as fake earlier on, and it starts zooming in other parts, and you're like, "Oh my fucking god!" And the thing yeah. is, on the second watch, I have watched it a second time. It's no camera trickery. All those things are there. See, right now, now that's interesting because. What concerned me about it, and I got this after speaking to Mark, I was like, man, you need to see this fucking film. And then he comes back, he's like, oh my fucking God, that's terrifying, do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not going to get this the second time, because I've seen it. And it's like, it's so fucking clever yeah. that you're like, oh my fucking God. But I have never actually gone back and watched it again. It's more enjoyable the second time. Because do you, I see, I, because... Obviously, they could have done. Here's a photograph. The atmosphere's worse. But later on, yeah. here's the photograph again. And look here, and I'm like, ah, oh, well. You know, it doesn't have to be the same. But is it? Is it there? The, the, it's not only that it's there, but the fact that the the narrator and the camera doesn't focus on. Oh, it. that's fucking amazing! <laughs> Creeps you even more because you oh, see. Oh, you know it's there. <laughs> They don't talk about it and it's there. Oh. So when they talk about it later on, you're like, oh my, I saw that. 
such an amazing film. It's genius. It's fucking You've genius. You've not seen Lake Mungo. Fucking I'm, watch I'm it. I'm determined that I'm going to try and reach out to the director. I'm going to try and get him on the show somehow. Oh, I love I that. Need to, I, would I need to find out why. What the fuck is wrong with you, mate? I need to Do you know what you did to me, you I need, dick? I need to find out why he did that movie and nothing else. Yeah. Why he did a found footage movie which... In my humble opinion, it's one of the best. But it stands on its own. There's yeah. not a, a horror. There's not, in fact, there's not a horror movie, let alone found footage movie that exists in the bubble that Lee Mungo does. Mm. Um, and did he do that movie and think to himself, right, I'm, I'm at my, it's the best I'm ever going to be, and then decide not to do anything else? Why? Why that one movie and nothing else? It confuses me, and I, I kind of feel almost like. The filmmaker, the fake filmmaker, and Lake Mungo feels the need to constantly obsess about the photos they're seeing and the video footage and all the rest and zooming in. I feel myself as an audience member feeling the same. The greatest enigma that this director's done making this movie is the fact he's done nothing else afterwards. Yeah. Why did he do nothing else? It's incredible. I, I, it's a movie we spoke about. I'd never seen. Had no intentions of seeing. It had been hyped up to fuck with me. Like when that oh 2009-2010 have you seen Lake Mungo Lake Mungo Lake Mungo Lake Mungo constantly and I wasn't podcasting back then but I was an avid film watcher you know followed blogs I had my own blog which did horror movies way back in the day like a Tumblr account before the Tumblr account I have a blogspot account that, that covers things like Poughkeepsie Covers like paranormal activity, all those things well back in the day before Rick started writing for rock and roll reviews. Nobody cares because you used to wear clothes back then. They'll know what you're the naked shit then. <laughs> like this. And I remember that movie being touted because that, that came out the same year as Poughkeepsie, and I remember being told this is the movie you need to see. And I remember it was being hyped so much that it turned me off to the movie. Yeah. The populace think I need to watch this movie. I Fuck shan't. Right, yeah, right. I shall watch Poughkeepsie. Better than that. Yeah, I shall watch Poughkeepsie because no one is talking yes. about that movie. I shall be horrified by this, <laughs> yeah. and I shall smite upon you. And it, what it was, it was that that that, that kind of that indignant sort of nature that didn't want to watch it. And then when I when I finally watched it for Basie Horror, part of me wanted to build a time machine. Travel back and slap myself in the face. Stopping a wee fucking dick. Watch exactly. the film. Watch the movie. Your peers are telling you this is a movie you should watch. Stop rebelling against your peers and trying to have a unique voice in quotation marks, which uh, doesn't exist. Yeah. Fucking watch the movie because I almost feel like I've been cheated out of almost six, you know, five, six years of not seeing that movie that I could have spent five or six years dedicating myself to telling people why they need to watch uh, that movie. And speaking to the fucking director, I'm going to make another exactly. film. Exactly. And I, I, I will. I, I, I make a commitment on this show. I will move heaven and earth to get in touch with this guy so I can try and get him. Because I don't think it's just such a unique film. It's such a unique Brilliant. voice that I don't Brilliant. understand Brilliant. why you don't jump off that movie and make another movie. Yeah. It's just weird, and you're you're right in saying that whole idea of your wolf creatures, your your wormwoods, your babadooks, yeah, and jump to New Zealand last year, housebound. What we do in the shadows this year, deathgasm, which is fucking amazing. See, I've not seen that housebound or deathgasm, and I'm housebound's on uh, Netflix. 
Yeah, I did see that. The phone see, one. now, I know you, you say that, it. but I have got a copy of It Follows that you bought me. Sitting through there, I've not I've not reviewed and my it. My wife's falls. going to come home about 11 o'clock, so I've got about four hours. And let's be honest, this show is probably going to go on for another <laughs> three and a half. So, um, we, I've we, essentially got half an hour to watch some really quick. I have not watched, uh, well, I have not reviewed It Follows for Podcasts Under the Stairs. That if you want to watch that movie and speak about it, let's do it. The forum is there. Okie dokie then. I would advocate, I have reviewed It Follows, uh, sorry, Housebound for yep. this show. I'm not reviewing it again. No. You could review it, but I would say to you, it is on Netflix just now. Once again, shout out to my man, Davey Buchanan, who watched the movie, fucking loved it. Got the humour, got the darkness. It is, a, it is an immensely funny. Did Dave see before you? Uh, no, no, no. So after, I told him to check it out. Right, but so just come here. Don't get to hang out. Oh, just come out on Netflix Love in the you, last Dave. month. Love you, Dave. Love you, Dave. Dave. Um, but the yeah, check that movie out. Right. Like, if you were thinking about watching a movie tonight, don't touch the woman. I know. That is the movie, not your wife. Uh-huh. <laughs> sit, <laughs> sit down and watch Housebound because you will fucking love House. Housebound has a humour in it that uh, I know a lot of Americans have told me they didn't necessarily think it was funny. The humour is UK humour. In fairness, there's a very real chance that my wife will come home and I'm going to be sleeping on this kitchen table. Uh, you're basically going to leave and I'm going to pass out. We have, for, for our listeners out there, we are less than a quarter of our bottle of Crown Royal. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, right, time check. Stephen Duncan says that. this The photograph, there's going to be a tweet just right after the point that Duncan says that. If you're listening that, to this show right now, you are listening to um, 20 minutes past 7 p.m. in the recording and the Baz is posting a photo of what is like basically what is left of her bottle and a bottle of uh, Crown Royal which we have demolished during this recording fair play to us right Baz this is what I need to say before we close this particular segment right the grades now For you what? oh Baz v, Baz v Horror year 2 oh right, right okay. you were graded heavily son and I want to tell you what the overall grades were Okay, okay. Now, you with do not know this. Are you ready for this? How do you think I'll you did? Just let me get my trousers down and then we're ready to go. How do you think you did overall? This year, I I, I think I did okay. I had, I had a few slip-ups. I had a few that I thought I'd got, but you disagreed with my view on it, and I, I can totally take that on board. Right. Um, I, I'd like to think I passed. I don't think I passed... Highly, but I think I passed. In the school system of grades, yeah. what would your overall grade be, do you think? Maybe somewhere between a C plus and a B minus. You are smoking crack. I don't know how you don't understand how well you did, sir. Right, let me break it down for you. Okay. Break it down. Right, you got, in reverse order, you got three Bs. <laughs> right. That was the lowest grade you got doing Baz v Horror. Right, what were they for? Uh, uh, oh, right. <laughs> franchise stuff. I didn't break it down that far. You got one A minus. You got six A's. You got ten A pluses. And you got one A plus merit, which was for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. 
which was the funniest review we've ever done. <laughs> when you were talking about a dog pissing fire, that about ended me. It was up the air. Oh, the, God, I, I hear. The only thing funnier than that in the past year of recording was the brown silk panties in Friday the 13th Part 2. Yeah, and actually, funnily enough, I actually listened back recently to our, the second year anniversary show where I was kind of interviewing yeah. you. And um, is it George Cook? George loves that. Jo- yeah, George's for five. George for five. And George chipped in. And I was just loving the fact that a Scottish listener. And he chipped in and he said the best thing he'd heard was my description of the Abraham. Oh, the, 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 the shit coloured silk monstrosity quote from <laughs> yourself. This is one of the best things. So, overall, my friend, taking all that into account, you get an A. Plus. Believe it or not. For the whole year. For the whole year. You got 10 A-pluses. my ass. 10 A-pluses. You have dominated this year, sir. We are going to take a short break on that fucking huge revelation which has caused Baz to slump in his chair (laughs) with a look of horror on his face because he's got to try and beat an A-plus next year. Never going to happen. Yeah, Um, never going to happen. When we come back, we're going to discuss a little competition. You guys right now are going to hear a small... Collage of uh, of different audio clips set against the background of a certain song by the Cars uh, that I love. Uh, just what you needed, Baz. Um, we fucking go- love the Cars. Man. I love the Cars. I love that you said it was an amazing. Album. I love you, Baz. Hand hearts. Hand hearts. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna play the entries in there. We had nine entries, five from the USA, four from the UK. When we come back, Baz is going to be telling you who wins. A copy of We Are Still Here in the UK and the USA. And we are going to cover the next couple of questions that you guys have submitted. I even know what's happening (laughs) tonight. Just keep talking. We're going to be right back after this. Hola, my sexy Blu-ray scrounging bitches. Hola, sexy contest hopeful bitches. Hola, sexy. I just jumped so hard I gave birth to a wee little turtle's head. Hola, sexy, horror, horror, fickic, little jumpy motherfucking bitches. Hey guys, this is Lisa. Um, I'm so bad at this kind of stuff. Okay, wait, here it goes. Oh, that sexy podcast under the stairs, bitches. <laughs> Hope you guys have a great time. Love you guys. Bye. Sexy best horror podcast listening, finger blasting, fried aficionado balls out bitches. <coughs> um, I'm a little drunk. All hail the mighty Baz. 
Esta es Vanessa de Brooklyn. Hola, perras, Ceci, tratando de asustar a la mierda de paz. Or, I'll translate. Hola, sexy, trying to scare the shit out of Baz, bitches. Yeah, I couldn't resist the Spanish. I, uh, after I bitched, and I just kind of bitched about the pronunciation and uh, spelling. But, you know, it's all gentle, heartfelt bitching, and I deserve you bitching right back at me. I actually kind of welcome it. And with all this, I apologize to any native Spanish speakers out there because, I mean, considering idioms and such, I know I'm not completely correct with all this. But that said, okay, couldn't resist to throw this in there. Adios! Hola, forehead drilling, turtle chopping, pestle to the ankle, fetus eating, goat shagging, titty ripping, splinter eyeballs stabbing, gallbladder fucking, grave spitting, booby crushing, annoying crippled chainsaw killing, sexy bastards. Cheers, Baz, I love ya. Sexy, yeah, fuck that. I'm not drunk enough for that. So, uh, hola, my sexy Kathy Bates diddling, pigeon wooing, second year Baz V horror movie watching bitches. You know that's good. So, uh, give me a free uh, Blu-ray. Thanks. And welcome back. You've just heard the montage sequence for all you lucky people out there. Nine, nine entrants, five from the USA, four from the UK for this very special competition, the Ola Sexy Insert Your Witty Comment Bitches competition. Right, the winner will receive in the UK a Blu-ray copy of We Are Still Here. Now, let me just stress this here. That movie was released on DVD. Zavi put out a limited edition 500 copies Blu-ray run, and this is one of those 500 copies, which makes it... Limited. The, they sold out to the best of my knowledge, so you can't buy them anymore. So you uh, could be potentially the winner of that. In the USA, though, it did get a full Blu-ray release. And one of our USA listeners will be winning that as well. Baz, you listened to this montage. I did indeed, Duncan. There's a lot of fans of the Baz out there. There is, mate. Uh, it's, half, it's not been an easy fucking decision. We have, for, for the people out there, we have spent about... 20 minutes in between this break agonising and scrutinising your entries in fairness it would have been a lot quicker had we been any way shape or form sober that's right uh, Duncan was basically couldn't type to get the fucking thing up on, on, on his laptop <laughs> I was just like look but, shooting at it. but we've made it and we have made our decision. <laughs> right, Baz, I need to ask you, in the UK, yes. we have one limited edition copy. You've listened to our entries. Our entries came in um, thick and fast. I will read out the entrance and you will tell us our winner. Our entrants were from the UK, none other than our good buddy George, that we mentioned earlier on, George yep. Cook. Uh, Andy Clark, whose song we played on the, the bonus episode last week he did his band played on it yes I was wondering what was you making up I was, there was a there was a, a kind of a political 
theme and the lyrics that I know would resonate quite well with you. For, for once, a man with a political fucking statement actually coincided with mine, so, um, <laughs> yep, fair play to you, Andy Big Man. More of that, Pish Big Man, more of that, Pish. Get your rock and roll reviews, my friend. Yeah, uh, Jamie Wilson, a uh, long time listener, Jamie Wilson, and finally, our good buddy Grant Henderson, uh, from very close to ourselves, actually, George's. George is also in Scotland. We, it's weird George is a fifth man like my dad. We, it's weird that we have Scottish listeners. It's kind of odd. It is. I'm, I'm kind of right to ever bump into one of these people because <laughs> most of what I say is appalling. I'm, so I'm starting to think if we get enough Scottish listeners, we may do a live show. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying, if we get enough people... Oh! Oh, that's what I'm saying. Oh! <laughs> all I'm saying. Just put that oh! If you get enough of your friends to listen, we may do a live show. Baz, you've listened to them. I have, Duncan. I, I need a selection from you. I know it's difficult, but I need you to tell me who won the, the UK copy. The uh, the decision with the UK copies has not been an easy one, I've got to say. Um, I, I struggled greatly with this, but um, for my second anniversary show, it's done to me, and I'm going to go... With Grant Henderson. Oh. Grant, I am good with you, mate. You did. You got the fucking saying wrong at the end, mate. You got it wrong, but you got everything else right. I I cannot fault you for your effort and your commitment and basically the four and a half hours it took you to fucking say it. So Grant Henderson went to UK copy. Boom. Right, Grant. I will be in touch with you as soon as this episode comes out. I know that you're. Fairly local, so uh, yeah. We'll probably just drive around, get out, and drop off. <laughs> right, Baz. But I tell you what, right, see, it's a fucking week. Grant, I'm going to turn up, but we're not even posting it, right? Baz is going to turn I'm up. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and regret saying this, but I will drive your copy of that DVD to your house, mate. And nothing and but a smile and a bone. High five the <laughs> shit out of you, big man. <laughs> right, right. Um, we had five entrants in from the USA. Yes, we did. Now, I would argue that the USA was more difficult to pick between. Um, it's difficult. It was easier to narrow down. Yeah. The, the Scottish, we had a much broader, just basic fucking like, but um, I struggled yeah. with the last couple, to be honest with you. Right, so Court, our good buddy Court, who's recently started listening to the show, who also has a wonderful show that you should check out. Court, post more fucking episodes on our page. You know, post your episodes, post the episodes on the podcast under the stairs page. That's what the page is there for, is to educate our horror listeners. If you've got a show out there, post on the page! I promise not to ridicule you, Court. You, you won't, I won't. I, he, he won't it. let me, he'll no. flog me right. in a really hot way. <laughs> right, so, so Court uh, submitted, we also had Lisa Ann, which you were mentioning today, or sort of yesterday. Yesterday. It was a fuck fuel comment. I um, I listened back to the, the, the whole show's second anniversary show, which came out a couple of months ago, but um, I'd listened back to that and um, I realised I didn't have a fucking clue who this girl was that swore like a goddamn trooper and it turned out to be Lisa. She come across God love you and you've got a mouth like a sewer. She come across from the Midnight Horror Show, that's why she has a mouth like that. Potty mouth bitches. Right, Jeremy, who was drunk, I have a lot of respect for anyone that leaves a drunk comment. I occasionally leave drunk comments on shows and then when I read them in the morning, I have the, the read of shame. Which is kind of like a walk of shame. It's where you just sit there and face palm yourself. But your like cock it. is completely dry. <laughs> it is completely dry and sometimes sleeky. Um, so, <laughs> so that's too much information. Uh, Jeremy, uh, we had a long, a long time listener, as in first episode listener, uh, Vanessa. 
Yep. Uh, we have a lot of time for that. Who did chastise me, and your comment rightly pointed out that I've been spelling Ola O L E. As had I. Um, which, minus the H. Uh, I put that down to the fact that we're Scottish. And in Scotland, we don't like words that are, well, letters that are silent. Or indeed Spanish people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you don't like Spanish Sorry, people. no, that, that's, that sounded really racist. I apologise. The nation of Spain. Yeah, <laughs> I went on holiday to the nation of Spain this year. I honeymooned in fucking Spain. I know you did not. Like, I hated them. Angry little bastards. I come back. I come back from Barcelona this year. Almost the my coffee drinking style has now moved to the Cortado. Yeah, you've got fucking. I fucking it. love Barcelona, but um, let me just let just put it there. Right to me, like Scotland. See when I want to spell the word gnome, I spell it N O M E. I sometimes just say fuck the G, you're silent, fuck you. When I spell knock, it's sometimes N O C K. Like fuck the silent K. This is Scotland! We're loud here. I don't do that. You're looking at me weirdly. You're biting your lip. Uh, yeah, so the fact that we spelled Ola O L E is my fault. I think I preempted it and Baz just signed on and it could just sounds like you're slightly racist and vaguely illiterate, to be honest, Duncan, but uh... Let's charge on. Let's hope nobody noticed that and move on quickly. Our good buddy Joe Parker, who recently got married, we congratulated him on our Halloween show. Also submitted one. So, Baz, I need to ask you Cop, Lisa, and Jeremy, Vanessa, and Joe, who is the winner of our Blu ray copy of We Are Still Here in the USA? The winner of the Blu ray copy has to go hand on heart, has got to go to my good pal Vanessa. It's two fucking languages, mate. She rocked the shit out of that. She took, she did it in Spanish. She's corrected on her <laughs> on us on her grammar and spelling. I can't, I can't think of a more worthy winner. But oh, but oh, controversial buzz, but I can't. Vanessa has won on her effort. That you cannot deny the girl. The effort she put into that message was above and beyond the call of fucking duty. But see, to be quite honest, Joe Parker. <laughs> I was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. It was, uh, or, or Joe Olivas or Olivas. I'm not sure how your name's actually fucking pronounced, Joe, but it, it, that was hilarious as well. I, co- I couldn't not give it to Vanessa, so. Can we possibly give two American prizes? Uh, so it's only my wallet, Baz, so yes. Well, it's not mine, basically, Joe. <laughs> I, with this unique circumstance with Baz being unable to pick one I, li- I literally can't pick a favourite between right. the two of them well, so. what we'll do is on this exceptional circumstance on the anniversary and I feel like the, I feel like Marlon Brando and the Godfather on this day of my daughter's wedding um, I will give I can, out I, I can't feel my hands so <laughs> I, I'm going to fuck a bit we will give out one blue copy of We Are Still Here to Vanessa and one copy to Joe because the Baz Commands it. I do. I do not want want you thinking that happens all the time. That, that I genuinely. No, my wallet doesn't want you. <laughs> I, I could not decide between the two of them. So you you both deserve it. God bless both of you. Right. Enjoy the film. Congratulations. Let's move on with some questions here. So Joe, who's just won a Blu-ray copy. Let's before before we dive up, we're going we to have the fi- last of this ball. This motherfucker. This man. is the last Let's of the crown. Down dear fucking dear Jesus That is the end of the bottle, ladies and gentlemen. That's a. The end of the bottle, ladies That, folks, is, is an empty, empty bottle of Crown Royale Canadian whiskey. Yeah, if it had been a bar's bottle, we could have 
put in for 25 bets yeah, or whatever I need to go and get another can of Coca-Cola right, I'm going to shout to Baz while he's away here <laughs> uh, our good buddy Joe who's just won a Blu-ray copy has submitted a question he says dear Baz what's your favourite beer and also what was your very first concert that's not beer lady. that's not beer that's Coca-Cola to go in the finest Crown Royale Crown Royale I can't <laughs> write it Crown Royal, I'm really, I'm really fucking sorry. I've lost the ability to pimp you to our listeners now, but please don't stop sending your whiskey. Um, I can see us doing this again. Uh, I can see me doing this in about fucking two hours, don't to be quite honest. <laughs> That's insane. Cheers, for the finest time, get it right around your hips, sir. Oh, it's my, oh, you neck that thing while you do That's what I do. That's what I do. Bastard, you. That's what um, It's your favourite beer. Oh, see, that's a hard one. Believe it or not, after tonight's fucking shenanigans, I am actually more of a beer drinker than I'm a whiskey fucking drinker. <laughs> um, I think, hand on heart, um, my favourite beer is probably Boston's finest, Sam Adams. That comes with a little caveat in that it's now brewed in this country, but the version they brew of Sam Adams like it, in this country is a fucking travesty. So actually... American brewed Sam Adams, and more particularly Sam Adams Brick Red, which is one of their seasonal beers, is the greatest thing I have ever drunk in my life, apart from this fucking Crown Royal. I was wondering, <laughs> I was, I was wondering because uh, I was at the, I was at King Touch recently. Yes. And King Touch now has Sam Adams on tap. on tap, and it's not the same. It's not the Boston right, Lager. Right. I for a while, um, wine. Majestic, you know the uh-huh. wine warehouse place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to import it from Boston, mm-hmm. but Sam Adams granted a brewing license to a brewery down in England, and it's, it's not. It's a. It's really subpar. Right. Boston Sam Adams, and more particularly Brick Red. Was there a second question? Yeah. What was your first concert? Uh, it's actually it's not as fucking embarrassing as you might think. My first concert was Slayer. On the south, oh, of, did, man. the south of heaven tour. Oh, fucking hell! How have we never spoke about this before? Um, the support band was Nuclear Assault, so they I were actually—you never <laughs> assault seriously. They just released Survive. Dan Lilker faced Stormtroopers of Death. Oh, I love Stormtroopers of Death as well. Dan Lilker was the original bassist in Anthrax. Uh-huh. Went on Stormtroopers right. of Death, who were a side project, yeah. and then he went on to form Nuclear Assault with. Oh god, I can't even remember his fucking name now. The guy's a university lecturer now, the singer. Name's gone. Good though, Thrash Band. Thrash Bell, yeah. Alright, cool. Uh, they, the Nuclear Assault had just released Survive, which was after The Plague was kind of my second favourite album of theirs. Uh, Edinburgh Playhouse 1988. Holy Slayer shit. were on South of Heaven. They, and they, they literally just released South of Heaven. Um, I love that. I love South of fucking Illuminated Cross. It was you amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Right, next question. Jeff X Martin from Kiss the Goat mm-hmm. Podcast. That's dear Baz. Jeff. One Z. Um, don't you think adding an extra Z to your name would give you more street cred? So Baz with two Zs. Um, no, because it's a cheap rip-off of Zorro. And um, <laughs> to be quite honest, if me and him went down, there's only one person winning that fucking knife fight. Oh, I was a- <laughs> 
<laughs> right, Vanessa, who won a Blu-ray copy well, of Vanessa. Vanessa. She had three questions. God Vanessa, damn you, women! Still do anything simple. She doesn't. No, no she the half questions. Questions. First question: What one liner would you add to Freddy's uh, repertoire? Real Christ. Um, one liner. I'm uh, probably something along the lines of I am going to finger bang the top of your skull that any minute now. Terrible one there. I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to lie. I would imagine Freddy singing. I I, I listen, Freddy fucking grew up and up my head and fucking bear after a bottle of Crown Royal whiskey. And he's fucking welcome to come up with it. Number t- I, to me, I always imagine Freddy doing like a, like a, a cover of an Aerosmith sort of like Dream On. Dream On! On a fucking Malibu pineapple or something like that. Fuck you, Freddy. <laughs> Question number two from Vanessa. What music would you add to any Friday the 13th movie? Punk fucking rock. Oh, punk rock? It's the only genre that is missing for these films. Um, I would have to say, for something like Friday the 13th, I think we need to maybe go back a little bit. Maybe early days, slightly darker, early damned. Damned? Maybe Machine Gun Etiquette period, the damned. Alright, there we go. Third question, how many times have you said, thought, yelled, run bitch run during your Baz V horror viewing? Um, about twice, because to be quite honest, most of them I want to fucking die. <laughs> There's been a couple I wish to get out of there, so yeah, about twice. Our good buddy Gavin Taylor, who has actually been listening to the show since its inception, he came across from Devour the podcast, God says, you, Dear Baz... <laughs> Who do you think will win the X Factor? <laughs> Gavin, that's... <laughs> Everything that buzzes against is yeah, That's very easy to answer. There is no fucking winner in the X Factor, <laughs> Gavin. Basically, everybody fucking loses. But, in saying that, a couple of days ago, they actually announced that it, that it might finally be coming to a hideous, rattling it's fucking It's not, day. though. If you'd read the article fully, what it said was it was coming to an end on STV. It was moving to Sky One. Yeah, well, that's fucking all right, because the fucking big brother <laughs> finally fucking moved channels and it fucking died. It's, it's, still, on it's, it's still on the go, though, was. I just, honestly, Simon Cowell deserves to die of fucking AIDS. On that bombshell, our next question. He deserves to die of like haemophilia, fucking, you know, like I don't know, bronchitis. <laughs> I got a, bronchitis. A fucking knee. He, he deserves to die of fucking end. Basically, Simon killed me. Ain't fucking die. <laughs> uh, Joe Anthony Priscillo. Uh, that's worse when I'm drinking. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. I apologise. Uh, do you ever switch to your less dominant hand? Whilst punching the clown and giving it a change of pace. No, no. Got to be the right hand, mate, and it's got to be about 55 beats a minute. That's even when I'm having intercourse with my wife. That happens. That don't break for anything. I, I could be doing dunking in the anus, my wife in a lovely vagina, or I could just be cracking one off in the toilets. It does not miss a fucking beat, my friend. Most of the time when I'm at work, I'm working at the same beat, I'm just not stroking my penis. <laughs> nice question. Dalton. <laughs> but that was too much. <laughs> that was too much. Oh, God. 
Oh my god, that was too much, man. While he frantically taps into his phone, I really, I really I wanted to track that vaguely homophobic thing I said in the last question. Oh, sorry. Right, <laughs> uh, right. Let's, let's, let's bring this, let's bring this to the end. With the a shattering conclusion. The last question, which is <laughs> from Andy Blockley, our good buddy. Oh, the fuck pe- off. The Pekinator says, uh, how do you thoroughly wash a cucumber under the tap without appearing to, cas- to the casual onlooker like you? <laughs> Furiously trapping yourself in table of rain. Please help us. How do you wash a cucumber right. out of tap? See, right, first off, block, like, the only reason we entertain you is because your wife's hot. I'm not going to lie, mate. If it wasn't for your smoking ass hot wife, nobody would even fucking pay attention to the shite you sent into this show. I love you, Andy. Secondly, you do not wash a cucumber before you do it. You grease it up. <laughs> You put an industrial level chemical protection glove on and you thrash the living daylights out of it until somebody faints. If it's not you that's doing it, it's the fucking pervert that's watching you. Gee, I should not be needing to tell you this, Benu Blockley. (laughs) Read a book, son! On that shocking revelation. Myself and the bats are going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be discussing... A, a few things of where this is <laughs> going, <laughs> where it's going right in the bin. Uh, 2015 and 2016, and closing out the show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the podcast under the stairs. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to the podcast under the stairs. This has been the second year anniversary of Baz v Horror we are a whole bottle of Crown Royale down I, I don't know why I keep saying Royale it's Royal. uh, I'll go with Royale but I can't, it's, I can't it's Samuel L. Jackson I've fucking got say. fucking Quentin Tarantino is in my mind just now with Royale with cheese I can't say Royal yeah. without saying Royale it's a Royale with cheese how would Dimebag have said it he would have said fucking he wouldn't even have said it at all, he just said, Watch it go! Boom! Boom! I love fucking Dimebag, Dan. We all love fucking Dimebag. See, see, see the. This the, episode's for you, Dime. I'll tell you right. Genuinely, as big man, this episode goes out to you, my friend. I have no Crown Royal left, so I'm watching Baz drink his blood to blick See the three videos, the Pantera three videos? Yeah. I fucking, like, the. I, I challenge anyone to watch them and not be drinking during them. They're the fucking... They, they are everything that a band wants to be on tour and at the same time, no one will ever live up... I've never seen a band drink as much. Like everyone's like, oh, Rolling Stones, Drugs and Others. You watch the Pantera home videos, there is no way any band drinks as much as Pantera. We should have recorded this because there's literally never been a podcaster that has drunk more than me. I don't think so. I think next year we try and top it. I think we try and go with two bottles. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you should put your trousers on. <laughs> that's um, a good point. Yeah, let's junk and wind this shot, man. This is just getting out of control. Right, ladies and gentlemen, we, nail this motherfucker. We are closing and it's out hairless ring. <laughs> right, we are closing out this show, ladies and gentlemen. So there's a couple of things I need to address right then. Baz v Horror Year Two is at an end, but. Baz has an end of year assessment. His end of year assessment is that Baz will tackle the Evil Dead franchise. We, oh, right, have, some, okay. we right. have some guest hosts coming on 
to discuss that. And yes, at the end of that, no, no, I've already said Baz is sitting at an A plus grade average. Yes. Overall. Yeah. However, however, you need to get above a B in your Evil Dead retrospective to pass year one of Baz. Oh, year two, technically, but year one of Baz Horror High. But year two of Baz Horror. You need to get a B, at least. Now, you're going to be tackling head on some of the alumni yeah. of Horror Podcasting. Yeah. John Rhodes, yeah. Bo Ransdell, yeah. Danny Trioxin, and. Well, he's not an alum. The Georges Graham Humphrey. We love that hairless bastard. Um, but you need to you need to face off them. You need to, to bring it strong. I am ultimately the judge. I'm the grader. I'm that school adjudicator that sits at the back and grades you yep. on your performance. Assuming that you get through that, you move on to year two of Horror High, which is year three of Bazzi Horror. And things are going to get a bit more real because... We have a couple of things we need to do. We're not doing two franchises. Two franchises is done. We're going to do one horror franchise. And the whole way... going to say fucking three. <laughs> no. Ladder no, no, almost no. nearly failed. No, 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 no. You fucked with me earlier on this year and I promised something. I promised something so hard. I promised it hard. When did I fuck with you? You promised. I promised hard. Don't make me make love to your pretty, pretty mouth. I promised hard. But <laughs> <laughs> Baz, that you are gonna, you're gonna do some stuff for me this year. That well, this year coming, that I am gonna be happy about. Them. You're not gonna be happy about. <laughs> the first of which is that I'm gonna. I was had a huge idea of Baz v Cannibal movies. I'm condensing it. Yeah. We're going to have a cannibal show. I knew you were never going to do that. You're never going to waste an entire year in that. I've, seen, I've seen them all, but yeah. we're going to condense it down to one show. A one show of three cannibal movies. Oh. Fuck yeah! Fuck my right? ass. One show, three cannibal movies. Right, let's move on. Right, not only that, you're going to be doing a horror franchise. Right, whoa, whoa, whoa. What three cannibal films? I will choose. Oh fuck you! Uh, I will okay. choose. But I'll tell you what I'll do for you because I love you, Buzz. The third cannibal movie will be Green Inferno. Yes. There you go. Done. That's done the, and done. Yes. That's Slutchy. And that's how much I love you. Yeah. The first two cannibal movies will be Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> that's how much I hate. You. Anyway, right. So we're going to have that coming up in year two. High, but year three of Bazzy Horror. We're also going to do some things that we've not done yet. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> no. I know that you yeah. want that, but that's not happening. Nobody wants that. Though. We are going to cover, <laughs> going to cover some lesser known horror genres. Okay. So the first thing we're going to be covering. Ah, uh, feels good to see this. Oh, no! We're going to be doing. Horror pornos. Okay, I'm sorry. Hey, he's here. I'm going to do a show dedicated to horror porn parodies. It's a show, right? Ladies and gentlemen. I am on board with that, sir. You're on here. You heard it first. But equally, I have to measure the good with the bad. We're going to do a show dedicated to fan footage movies that I've recently come across. We've done it about fucking four times. Fuck yeah. Right, so we're going to be doing that as well. So that's also coming up. The the main things are that I'm going to bring back some pulling on the podcast. Oh, no! Giving the power to the fans. Yes. 
So, we are going to be doing, at the end of this year, a podcast commentary of a movie. Now, I've already mentioned this on the show. Let me reiterate for those that I've forgotten. What we're going to be doing, ladies and gentlemen out there, is we're going to be doing a commentary on a movie at the end of this year. And I think, personally, every quarter we do a commentary. It's every three months, a fucking commentary. Oh, the shite! I love them. Terrible. I love them. But for Christmas, the option is out there that we'll have a Christmas horror movie, which no one wants. We'll have PCs, which everyone wants. And we'll have another movie, which is designed to shock you. The people went there. It's Christmas. It's got to be a Christmas horror film. PCs. It's exactly what you think it is, Baz. (laughs) Do I have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre? So that is also out there as an option. Home Alone. Although someone did say that they wanted to hear us do a horror commentary on Home Alone, I'd still be open to that. You know, like, oh. What? I'm not averse to it myself, actually. <laughs> oh my god, what Ma- what's Marv doing with that? Fucking hell! <laughs> right, so that all is coming in the next year of Baz's Horror High. Assuming that he passes his end of year assessment, Baz. As you know, there's a multitude of ways to listen to this show. You can check us out on Stitcher Smartmate Radio on iTunes. If you're on iTunes, leave us a podcast review. It takes two seconds. The more of them we get... Actually, this is a really important thing. The more of them we get, if it's five stars, the higher up the ratings we get pushed, the more people that will check out this show. You can also check us out at the website, which is podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com. You can check us out on Facebook. Join our group. It's animated. It's energetic. You should be a part of it if you're listening to the shorts. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast. Baz is the admin of our Twitter page. Baz. At TputzCast. Is it? Energetic. It's energetic. It's virile. Oh, it yeah. is potent. Oh no! Um, you have to be fully up to date with your contraception and fully lubricated. Oh dear! And that goes for either gender. <laughs> um, we are completely nondescript. Nondescript when it comes to gender. We will literally put it in any of you, any orifice, so any orifice, and any of you. Regardless of attractiveness oh and level of intelligence, oh no. how many episodes you listen to, we will literally fuck every single one of you. Um, and this is what happens when you let me drink a bottle of Crown Royal whiskey. You need a photo of the end of this and, uh, Yeah, the, the photograph is literally coming in the next 15 minutes. Two and a half hours and no bottle of Crown Royal left. Yeah, um, so yeah, no... Uh, in a slightly more serious way now at T-Putts Cast I try my very best to make it daily um, the more you interact with me the more I can feed back and kind I of think it's something I think I'm kind of the only one chipping in folk retweeting you're all fucking brilliant and lovely Reply. and your vaginas are fantastic um, <laughs> vaginas over there yeah even the girl, even the guys you get man vagina. You get man vaginas. Uh, yeah, I make them pull their bum apart and I just oh, kind of the I thought you were just like, like tuck it between your legs that's how an ordinary man. If you could send in pictures of tucking your genitals in between your legs, unless you're a woman, of course, in which case, just take a photograph. Ladies and gentlemen, I will endorse right now that I will be happy for manginas or vaginas to be to be sent in. Um, and, and if you, if you send them in, I promise to resign from the show and just stop talking. And you need to listen to this shit anymore. No, j- j- please get involved on Twitter at T Follow us. Retweet us, send us tweets. I promise you, you send me a tweet, 
you'll get a fucking tweet back. It'll probably be fucking filthy and bring your dinner up, but I will do it. I promise you. When I sober up and I can work my computer again, it'll fucking happen. So at Teapot's cast, there you go. Just that, fucking do it. Kind of sounded like a threat, but we're we're on board with that. So, Buzz. Dunk it. I, I don't even go to my dinner. Like a, that. A, 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 a bottle of Crown Royal, then. This wasn't a great idea, mate. I'm not Almost three and a half hours of recording, yeah. which went on almost double than what I thought. <laughs> um, it, is, it is up to me to thank you very much for your contributions to the podcast under the stairs. It's been a pleasure, Squire. Year two. And it also pleasures me greatly to say that this is the end of year two of the podcast under the stairs. Year three starts on Monday. So if you're listening to the show on the Monday, it's the following Monday, where I'll be joined by none other than podcast fucking rock stardom, Mr. Johnny Krug. Secure your panties, bitches! He's coming back. Johnny's back! He's coming back on the show to discuss some more black exploitation as we discuss Blackenstein, the Black Frankenstein, and Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde in a very special follow-up to our previous black exploitation horror episode. And as Johnny basically spends half an hour exploring my anus. Well, that is a different That's not even in the show. That's, That's just going to happen before that. That's a different show entirely. Ladies and gentlemen. That's my show. We are looking forward to bringing you another year of fantastic horror podcasting. We're looking forward to bringing you another fantastic year of Bansby Horror. Loads of ideas ahead. I can't wait to get really like elbow deep and fist in some of these movies I could essentially leave it or take it you know, I'm not that bothered about the whole fucking experience <laughs> and uh, yeah it's going to be a whole lot of fun the poll for the commentary for Christmas will be coming up in the next couple of weeks the Baz will be returning real soon to do Baz versus the Evil Dead it's end of year of assessment hopefully the Baz passes and we can get more of his beauty, his glorious beauty his bearded wonder on the show um, but the only thing I'm left to say is Baz you have anything to say to our fantastic listeners out there well that's the end of it, that's no more Crown Royal, that is, that is literally every drop of Crown Royal in this fucking building finished and uh, no I've got fuck all left to say I just want to go to bed uh, well on that bombshell of a, a, a glass, an empty glass drop uh, Layer bitches Let me say that this is Duncan McLeish Broadcasting live from the sexy kitchen We will speak to you all in a week Please take care of yourselves out there uh, This is Duncan McLeish Signing off One, two, three, four Up every day I'm If you can see yourself You put you on a shelf You're a massive